Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, fam. Hey, fam. You are listening to the fifth episode of Hey Fam. Hey Fam is a podcast where me, Levens, and him, Angus, I would like you sometimes to be like, hey, when I say your name. Okay, let's do it again then. Uh, hey Fam is a podcast where me, Levens, and him, Angus. That's me. Uh, talk about things that we really like. Those things are comics and video games and movies and TV. Is it the first podcast based off an ongoing chat thread? I mean, who could say? I mean, this could be the next serial. If one of us dies, the, our chats could be used in evidence and that this could be like, you know, yeah, I mean, you killed I d- Angus Truscott. I definitely think uh, the only people that put serial and hey fam in the same category are my, my parents who yeah. potentially only listen to two podcasts in their life. Or also the um, absolute madmen at iTunes because if you go to iTunes now and there's the 10 years of podcasting banner at the top, click on that. Uh, this is true fam. <laughs> There is uh, a bunch of classic podcasts you should listen to, while Serial's obviously at the top. Down the bottom, there's a new, new and noteworthy se- se- uh, section. Hey fam, right there. So yeah, we are, a new, a new, we're a new classic. We're a brand new classic. They're yeah, predicting yeah. it. We're like New Coke. There's nothing could go wrong. <laughs> um, on today's show, we are going to be talking about, uh, like usual, ballers. So we're we'll oh. talking about some True Detective, the latest episodes of those shows. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about uh, we we talked about it last week, uh, the Batman announcement that. Um, ben Affleck and Jeff Johns will be writing the next Batman movie, and we'll also go into greater detail with uh, you know what we like about Jeff Johns' comics. Maybe some things we don't. Oh, a lot of things we don't. <clears throat> um, plus, while we're talking about comics, we'll also talk about Archie again, and uh, I don't know, maybe some, a bit more comics chat than usual. And we'll be talking about Ant Man, Ant Man, which is a Marvel movie that just hit the cinemas. Yeah, and uh, we got a real cool guest to join us to talk about these cool things. Uh, welcome to the Hey Fam, uh, what fam. Are the Hey Fam Fam, it's the Hey Fam Extended. Fam. I was, I was going to like describe where we are right now is a much more extravagant oh, yeah, place hey than your studios. living room. Yeah, this is studios uh, Emporium. Yeah, the Hey Fam Emporium. Hey like Fam Emporium. Yeah, yeah. You've just been checked at the security gate. Thanks for leaving all um recording devices besides this one with our uh, security guard and tech heads. <laughs> tech gurus. Tech gurus. So I was calling them tech heads. It is kind of like. I just, I, I want my life to, like, when I have, uh, you know, my own massive company, I only, guru? I only want gurus. You want to be referred to as, yeah, something guru. Or you know what else is almost as, like, cringeworthy? Ninja. Be like, oh, yeah, he's our bread ninja. Like, he cooks, like, the best. You know, like, ninjas just become this, like, you're the best at the job, I guess. But ninjas is also that, like, terrifying middle ground where, um, like, fat potentially racist guys say ninja instead, instead of the, yeah. the, the n-word also you could be a mutated turtle oh that's true too but if you love pizza we got no problems with that in the hey fam emporium in fact we encourage it <laughs> uh back to gurus because uh, <laughs> our guest today is absolutely a comic guru if there ever was one is this the first guru we've had on the show this is definitely the first I mean, no, no, no offense to jen frick frigger maybe <laughs> she's she, a guru she's a channing tatum's dick guru yeah <laughs> damn it i thought i was <laughs> you both can be man it's a huge field yeah 
Channing Tatum's um, the type of guy who probably has two dicks as well. Like he's just, just the, one, one so for the weekend. Give. Yeah. <laughs> um, our guest today is Siobhan Coombs. Hello. Um, someone who I uh, have bought hundreds and hundreds of issues of different comics off over the years. <laughs> so she owes this. Is this it? Is it a blood pact? Like she's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, I got it. I got it a free week once, and she was like, "If you ever start a podcast, yeah, you know, I have to be a guest." It's like a drunken deal. Yeah. Just give me your comics. I don't have money. I'm good for it. I swear, <laughs> if we ever have a podcast, you'll be the second guest on it. I swear. We'd how that panned out. It's an honor. Thank yeah, you. Um, but now you're actually out of the uh, the selling comics as your day job game. I am, which is weird. Do you miss it? I do. I feel really pathetic, but I really do. do you I try miss to... hanging out in a comic book store all day, every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, getting paid for it at least while you did it as yeah, well. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's a bonus sure, compared that to like people who don't get paid. There. I mean, do you still have the same conversations in your new job that you would have there and? You get good responses or just a lot of... No one <laughs> no one wants to talk to me about comics ever. Or if they do, it's this real sort of like, oh, so I heard you're the chick who's into comics. That's the worst. Let me test you. Yeah, Let me I, test you. I read Watchmen once or twice. Yeah, some guy... <laughs> What's was, the deal with that ending? I caught 30 minutes of it on cable one night. I'm a real comic guru too. Some guy comes up to me the other day and goes, I want to test you. What do you think of Victor Von Doom? Ooh. And I was like... Like not a very nice guy, I guess. Like in what sense? In what Shit sense? face. <laughs> and then <he> yeah. <laughs> What's under the mask, man? What do you got to hide? Um, how good would it be if um, in the new Fantastic Four movie? Uh, this is a new segment that I've, that I've actually done every every week so far in Hey Fam. It's called How Good How Would, good it be? would it be the... And then, uh, but how good would it be at the end of the new Fantastic Four movie? Uh, Victor Von Doom takes his mask off, and it's. Um, Nick Fury? The, no, the mask from the oh, mask. Yeah. <laughs> like, a, and then he goes, "Somebody stop me!" And it becomes, like and then Reed Richard stops him. And becomes, yeah, yeah. Well, that could be a really good motivation. Oh, and then, Richard. and then, um, you know, Johnny Blaze on fire, smoking. smoking. Yeah, oh, right, 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 right. Then it becomes Perfect. a Jim Avery type of dog whistles that are, uh, uh, you know, invisible woman. Writes itself definitely, and we'll be we'll be revisiting this fantastic idea throughout the <laughs> podcast. But we've, we've been talking for five minutes, and we haven't hit the very very important first segment of every Hey Fam. That is first segment with a sting as well. Now, oh yeah, we have that cool sting that yeah. Jen Fricker recorded for us. Are you going to play the one that she recorded uh, like straight, or the one that she recorded as Ari? I think the Ari one. I think it's going to really uh, maybe both over the top of each other. Yeah, my guess that she can harmonize with. Ari. I mean, I've always wanted to harmonize with Ari Gold. Now, now Jen Fruku can and die happy knowing she has. So we are talking about uh, ballers. Let's play that sting. It's the is it the ballers minute? Is that what we're calling it? Yeah, I think so. Take it away. Even though uh, you spend about ten minutes. <laughs> take away tech guru. Lloyd, come in here and show me what's going on at ballers. Uh, all right, my, that was the sting. Oh, wow, sting. what a sting! What a fantastic sting! <laughs> if you can do a better one, uh, I'd like to see you try. We're not going to put it in. That one's uh, set in stone. Ballers is the show on HBO right now. The Rock plays a sports marketing genius. The Spencer world is, a, is a terrible is. place. And nobody in the world watches Ballers except one guy. Here's our Ballers guru, Mr. Angus Truscott. What right. happened in Ballers this week? Well, here's the thing with Ballers this week. I haven't watched it. So this week I'm going to do it. A, <laughs> I'm going to do something a little different. I'm going to make three Ballers predictions. Oh, amazing. So that means next week I have to watch two episodes. Fuck, man. That, that is literally my ni- biggest nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Sounds well, amazing. I, uh, the first episode I actually did watch twice, so I've lived your nightmare, man. I've been, you know, I've seen your hell, and it's um, the, it's custom suits and a lot of like a lot of bronzing. But uh, all right, so here are my. Have you watched any ballers yet? I haven't, but I'm I'm Keep a it huge that way. The Rock fan. Do you feel, so. Yeah, totally. Do you feel like you could like really get out. A part of that ballers lifestyle? Oh yeah, for sure. I try to live my life like whining, the Rock in a lot of ways. Whining, dining, generally. and signing. I mean, that's pretty much what you gotta. <laughs> and marketing. Whining, dining, and marketing. <laughs> I don't know why they should. They should really be coming to me for slogans. I mean, I, I guess it takes one guy 
to watch a show for a second season to be greenlit these days. I mean, that that that's I can't believe, how, yeah, it's yeah. But the new, our big news last week that was that Ballers is being greenlit for a second season, something that we thought would never happen. Yeah, you. But um, turns out we're terrible at predicting things, which is why Angus is going to give us three predictions for this week's right. Ballers. Let's let's beat our track record of shit predictions. All right, first prediction: The Rock will take a pill pop and refer to something from his past which has caused him to pop a pill but he always does it in secret that's one prediction mm-hmm. a, that's pretty pretty broad it's pretty broad but I guarantee I mean the, the show ranges from 27 to 35 minutes I've noticed it, so there's going to be you know there's time for it Also, I, I also predict uh, it'd be good if we had drum roll sound effects but you know we will when we upgrade to the bigger studios uh, as young athlete will make a mistake in their social life which could affect their sport prof- professional sport career okay probably to do with sex that's that's another prediction. Give us an example of what one of those things could be. Well, look, if it was anything, judging by the two 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 episodes ago, is monumental episode, which I, I I'm a can't believe it hasn't been reached Seinfeld status, like the car park episode or that, because the whole thing was set on a yacht, which I thought was very ballsy for a um for for a show. It was just brave. I thought finally uh, they're, they're they're making a show for us. If this was a Friends episode, it would be called the, the one, one on, on, the on the yacht. Yeah. yeah, the one where Phoebe fell off a yacht or something. Is is the Rock Phoebe? I think the Rock Rock is all of the Friends. That's how versatile he and then, is. As an and actor. they didn't hire anyone else to play any other Friends. Yeah, it's just he's all six Friends, and then everyone else is Janice. He's goofy. <laughs> he's fine. Yeah, he can do it all. He's a straight guy. That, and that's you know that's that's a whole other podcast. That's just the Rock podcast. Uh Third prediction. Someone, someone banged. No, you want an example oh, sorry, of I did. a sports star. I want too much. <laughs> well, you should be watching ballers, man. Uh, <laughs> you get it all. Basically, a guy was literally a motherfucker. He banged another team member's mum, but he didn't know because she was quite young. And I guess, uh, uh, if you will, yummy mummy. You can be a motherfucker as long as you don't fuck your own mother. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's I think where that's I thought fine. that was going. And I was yeah. like, whoa, that's really controversial. So I don't know ballers. whether... Yeah, no, no. It was a... <laughs> For a show you've never watched one second yeah. of. <laughs> It's that edgy HBO shit, man. But I mean, uh, I don't know what the repercussions were. It could bring them stronger together, like more brotherly. Or maybe some weird stepdad scenario. I don't know. I'd love to watch this. Hey, it's my brother from another mother, which you happen to fuck. Yeah, I mean, that sound, that that rolls off the tongue. Beautiful. And I also think um, Rob Cordroy will say something that makes him look like an out-of-touch white guy. Uh, They're my three predictions. Rob so Rock will pop pills. Oh, no, and bonus prediction that horrible drake verse is still on the theme song i guarantee that would still probably be there but so yeah you you'd pretty much just describe what happens in every episode. every episode yeah so this is the most pointless uh um pointless part of the segment of the show but it will die only when baller stops mm. ceasing to be and even I don't though, know how even though f- yeah five minutes of pointless predictions is still a, a, a small penance to pay instead of watching, watching a full it, episode yeah. of ballers so impress your jockey friends impress impress your boss your, your new boss who you're trying to get in the good books just i, I know he loves ballers he's a boss like he kind of has it's to. the rule i mean these in, in 2015 you can't be a boss unless you love you get ballers. your mba you get your blu-ray set of uh ballers it's like you graduate well, with you, know, it. you pre-order for the ballers blu-ray set for when it comes out the deluxe set because it also comes with a um like a nerf like uh american gridiron football you know or a rock tanning kit. You pick. <laughs> it's your pick. Yeah, there are two different divisions. But yeah, let's see what happens. Real fans get both. The stakes are high. Uh, True Detective season two, another actually good show. Oh, I mean, it depends on who you are. Maybe it depends you... on who you are. I reckon there's definitely a few people in this world that like ballers more than True Detective season two. Well, you know what? They haven't announced True Detective season three. Ooh. Halfway through True Detective season, uh, baller season one, season two is already happening. What if it's a crossover? 
Now that's the type of crime I can get involved in. I know who's the truest detective out of everyone there. Um, Siobhan, did you watch the latest episode of True Detective? I did. Are you on board with this season? I what like the first two episodes, I was like, this is sick. I'm really enjoying this, like super pulpy, like just really fun. And then what did I say we actually was it season five? Five. Episode, no, five? episode five, yeah. Yeah. Episodes three and four, I was like, this sucks. I hate this. I'm never Even watching this again. Even with that chaotic uh, shootout at the end? Yeah, that was cool. Okay. But um, not enough. Not enough for me. Not enough people And then people died. the last episode was really good, but I also uh, fell asleep halfway through it. Wow. So I enjoyed, episode. I definitely enjoyed what I saw. So it was even more of a time jump for you because they were yeah. time jumped at the start. And then by the end, you're like, whoa, they time jumped like another day. Yeah, I, I thought, I thought this episode uh, started really kind of weekly. Um, used a few like annoying tropes like you know it was like it's been 66 days since the yeah. fatal shootout of blah 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 yeah. and is it the city different because of it I mean the only here thing, are all the things that are different with it I would have loved a paperboy going extra extra it's been 66 <laughs> days since the- so are you the cop in that and like Rayville Corrion get away from me or maybe, so are you the true detective that would be the little redhead handing out papers <laughs> dad <laughs> so, yeah no I give mean, me my paper you fat that- little pussy <laughs> Before I fuck you with it, <laughs> something like that. Uh, yeah, we well, should do a classic... segment on Velcro's parroting skills. Yeah, we should just have like a Velcro soundboard. Oh right, man, I'm. I, before we go ahead, I was on the record. I, Ray Velcro, favorite character of, of the entire True Detective universe. Yeah, season so one far, and right? two. Yeah, I think yeah. he's. I think he's more nuanced than the characters from season one. Kind of Marty Hart was the everyday guy, which was great because he needed it for like um, Matthew McConaughey's like second degree oh no like i'm at uni for the second time doing philosophy again and like they kind of balance well but i just think like they were quite one dimensional maybe like one was just philosophical dude and one was like eh, i'm shrugging at the camera basically because this guy's crazy yeah yeah but i like the the, the new the balance i guess of velcro kind of dips between the everyday guy with his kind of like sh- shitty remarks towards things but he's also got a bit of weight behind him i don't know that's maybe colin's just kill- killing it for me yeah, I mean, I, I, well, I did notice this week, though, that he seemed to change his voice about six times did throughout he? the episode. Oh, really? Like, different octaves. And there are a few, like, we don't like, what accent are you going for here? So, um, yeah, that's what happens when you cast an Irish guy, right? In a true detective role. I kind of wish he was Irish. That would yeah, that'd be work. cool. Um, um, uh, but, yeah, you like, you thought the, you said the tropes at the start, the 66 days since the Well, that was, a, that was, I mean, that was just like, yeah, I mean, it, it kind of works with the pulpiness. You can forgive something like that. It's a device, whatever. It was a bit, and then, like, you know, Frank goes into his car and puts on the radio. and, and they Yeah, exactly. It's just, yeah. you know, well, come on. But the, the really, really awful bit was um, the scene between Taylor Kitsch's character and his mother in the trailer. Oh, yeah. It was three months pregnant, four months pregnant. No, well, oh, oh, the whole scene. I thought you meant of explaining why how much time had jumped again. No, no, I, oh, no. It was just, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I just found, yeah, the explaining explaining to the audience how many um, days, how many months that 66 days is. It's like, let, <laughs> we, can, we don't need to get We've got calculators, size. HBO, chill. I haven't even explained the names of some of the people who were who were major characters in the show, but they were really clear that like, yeah, here's 66 days of past. Maybe it was like, it was something weird to be precise about when a lot of things in it hasn't been a lot of other things haven't been that precise. Mm. Yeah, but uh, I, I thought that that whole scene between him and his mother was horrible. Yeah, like mm. really, it just felt like like year twelve drama. Yeah, right. I so angsty. I was a bit um. Yeah, I don't. I just feel like he's not Taylor Kitsch or whatever his name is. I don't. I don't really like him in the show. Like I'm, I'm pretty much on board with everyone else. Like I'm even on board with like Vince Vaughn. Yeah, I don't know why people are complaining about Vince Vaughn that much. It's great because he's like a <laughs> dumb guy trying to be smart. Like that's the character's role, yeah. right? Like. He's like a guy who's been 
made his whole life and then he slipped into like uh you know white collar world and he's like oh i better he, sound yeah. like I've, I've read a book or two or like a well, no, I, I bet the only books he reads are like you know the little book of parables and that's it just yeah share anecdotes yeah totally or like the art of war in a business place like stuff <laughs> yeah. like that um yeah no i see what you mean i, I what i like to me and it, for any show especially when i guess which has like a eight episode lifespan it was like the getting shit done episode it was kind of yep. like mm. avengers assemble like it was the first time <laughs> it really every... felt like yeah oh, totally it was the first time every character who's been introduced from like the mayor's son to the um rick uh rick springfield doctor to everybody besides annie's dad like everyone appeared again and i was like oh so they're finally and like even velcoro's little tape recorder like these things that we've been like it just seemed the writers were like cool now we've got the heavy as fuck exposition out of the way, which has been the last four episodes. Yeah. Now we can play with these people, like all the toys are here and we can just start slotting people everywhere in a sense that it makes sense. And I, I really like that about it. I mean, it's, it's pretty methodical. It's pretty, you know, it's one of those episodes. It's just like a turning cog episode. Yeah, the, but se- I, I the really second half it. of the ex- of the episode was easily my favorite. Oh, totally. True Detective, like, you know, half hour so far. And like going to the cabin and like the crazy Jesus. It was just like enough weirdness, but enough like, yeah. I don't, and it was I, I thought it was cool to see... um. Annie in uh, Frank and Velcro's bar. Yes, definitely. Oh, cool Although to- they need to hire someone new to play in that bar. <laughs> like, actually, just- I read an interview with T Bone Burnett, who's the music guy, and he spoke about her. The character, like, I think I was reading Pizzolatto wrote the songs as well. Right. Oh god. Like, all he's what so like, that, that, she's that in makes character. Me hate him so much because yeah. she's in character. Really? So she, it's a singer, but she's not playing her singer because she she's a detective. Like, well, I don't know. <laughs> she wrote the true detective, yeah. really. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. It was, it was getting pretty deep, and I think he didn't want to reveal too much about it because someone's like, "Are those scenes ever happening?" And he's like, "Well, I don't want to say." It. I just think, I mean, if he wrote those songs, it would be so much more effective if, if if he got a different person, or at least you know, like two different people to be the performers. I, I hate that it's like just one, like yeah, no like, matter what time you go. It turns out like a haunted yeah. bar or something. You know what I mean? Where it's like there's the dead girl who's playing. I don't know. <laughs> playing Maybe it's a hologram. How dirty did a uh, Cyclops barmaid get it? Um, you know the one with the like scar through. I get it. Oh uh, uh, yeah, but that's a real, like real lovely term. There. I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, she wasn't. She wasn't into it. Yeah, and um, uh, yeah, no, I was down, man. I like the getting shit done nature of it. And even little fat redhead made an appearance on a photo on the wall in Velcro's shitty home. House which he has to leave. Oh, and they really like they they, they were you know the reveal that uh, that Frank set much, him up. Yeah, exactly. And then, and that's one of the first things you know from from this season. And so when that when you know when, when that you, that portrays you as a viewer, it's yep. very like oh shit, what's gonna happen now? And so. when he realizes and Esty's look, and you found out like yeah, that was that, that 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 was some good acting. That was uh, you know when he's on the street corner and. The, the lady, uh, Nick Fury, says, like, okay, Avengers disband. And she's like, oh, by the way, we got the rapist. And he's like, what? And then, yeah, that, like, reaction shot of him afterwards, I thought that was like, I was like, yeah, Colin Farrell can act. He's way out of a nutsack and he's doing it well. Yeah. Yeah, he did good. TD. TD. <laughs> three more episodes to go. I mean, holy shit. How many of the next three episodes do you plan to sleep through, Shiva? Uh, like 50% probably. So you got one and a half left. How exciting. <laughs> do you remember, like, exactly what part of True Detective Season 2 puts you to sleep? Is there a particular... Is it Taylor? Yeah, I mean, like, I don't, I don't like, like, I think he has some problems with women. The writer, like, oh, he just yeah. all the female yeah. characters are just they kind of went around addressing that so in a weird way. But like, I kind of way. yeah, but I kind of think that is that him actually having problems with women, or is that him trying to emulate a genre, the genre. that had problems with the women? Is it the genre? But I mean, like, I'm, it's across both seasons now, and mm. I feel like he's like it seems like he's trying to be like, look at all these strong female characters and like. Uh, this is why they're flawed and stuff, but it just feels really. 
hollow. The other thing is the guys awesome. aren't good either. Like when that, I hear that, yeah. I just complain. I'm like, the guys are deadbeats as well. Like everyone's a deadbeat. I think. For sure, yeah, but, but they're, just... they're deadbeats cast as heroes though. So uh, like you, maybe. you, you were you were kind of encouraged to find the good in all the male characters, whereas the women characters, it's well, like, and it's always like, so the... oh, you're a whore in some capacity. Mm. You know, like yeah, yeah, you want to exactly. fuck your son, you want to like trap this dude by having a baby. Like it's all of this like weird. See, I don't know how heroic some of them are. To uh, me, uh, Frank's wife finally had a really good strong moment this this week. Yeah. Yeah, but man, but- she is annoying. <laughs> no, I find her. Annoying. Yeah, I mean, I guess so. I, I, I guess I mean Vince Vaughn is as annoying as her. Yeah, so for I sure. kind of. I'm not married, but if that's what married life's like, that pillow talk, it's like I'm gonna have to go and like start reading some uh, <laughs> some real like deep down philosophy. Yeah, every um, night before my wife parables. and I go to bed, yeah. we, we read each other our favorite lines from The Art of War. It's kind of me. I'm just like, wow, these guys have just got like nine lines like stored up each, and, and then, just, like, they, let's and then go, she let's... yells at me for mispronouncing Anne Rand. <laughs> Anne Rand. <laughs> yeah, married life sounds great. Uh, it's awesome. Uh, but the other thing is, I, I still think everyone, it could be everyone's a suspect. And besides Velcro, I mean, he's the only guy that got shot by the bird dude. I'm still like, I could think anybody, I think anyone has done it. So I don't know how heroic the rest of the males are, you know? Yeah. Yeah, for I mean, sure. there's some far out theories out there. I mean, it's it's that show that gets buttloads of theories. And I, I think I've read a theory for basically every of the major, every one of the major characters besides Velcro, who is the bird person. I mean, right. it could be female. And they're all quite, you know, the same way. We all made theories about season one. It's like everyone could be that killer. There's some split personality shit. Something with you going to take a guess? Can we, should we take a guess with three episodes <sighs> to go? Who who's the killer? Well, I, are they going to do another season one where it's a guy in a background? And I don't know. That to me wasn't as satisfying as it being. Like, no, the end. Mm-hmm. The end of True Detective season one was so disappointing. Which a lot of people forget. But yeah, um, if it's one of the major three, I'd say Paul. Just because you say who? Paul, uh, the Taylor Kitsch's character. Right. Bike cop, <laughs> bikey cop. Yeah, I'd say bikey cop. I mean, he's got the. He's already good at hiding one side of himself, the homosexual side. His mother looks like she could have spent some time at those parties. Once upon a time, they'd seen. You know, we've seen the mayors have been running that. That, that, that family's been mayor for, mayor for a long time with the old photo. Maybe Castro with his. I don't know. They mentioned they never know his dad last night. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. I'm just like, could be a perfect candidate for wanting to and worked with Velcro, so use the cop bullets to knock him out. I mean, that's my theory. Maybe. But he discovered Casper's body. Yeah. So, so I'm I think like, that... was he in another state of mind? I don't know. Is he maybe in the video with Casper doing stuff that he doesn't want to destroy his image oh, with? Oh, that's, that's a possible theory. So I've been doing a lot of thanking. I mean, my prediction now, if it has to be one of the you put major it out characters, there. I'm putting it out there now. My money's on Kitschy. Okay, cool. Siobhan, you got a prediction? Um, and you that can't seems say... just really thorough, but yeah. Well, you can't say Vince Vaughn's heavy-handed acting. I mean, that, that, that's the obvious killer. That killed True Detective <laughs> Season killed true. 2. You can't say that. But right, no, okay. Thanks, thanks, Facebook feed. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thanks, every um, Australian and American and European pop culture website. Think peace. Yeah. We don't need your stinking think peace. Maybe uh, the fat kid. He just seems like the oh, funniest. Shit. He's just the funniest. He's great. my favorite character. Yeah. Just the little fat kid. Just imagine for the rest of your life, it's like he's going to be the fat kid from True Detective Season 2. The fat little pussy from Unless he's from like one of those, two. he gets shredded and then in 10 years time when we're reading think pieces about True Detective Season 15 or something, we'll have like... Remember the fat yeah, kid? the fat kid? <laughs> this is him now. Maybe feel old yet? That great pop-up ad and we're like, oh man, I do feel old. <laughs> he's, he somehow becomes he's the Channing president Tatum. of the world. <laughs> he's Obama now. Yeah, he's in Ballers Season 9. <laughs> um, I'm going to predict, it's not a major character, but I'm going to predict that it is Rachel McAdams' dad dad 
right? That there would we be go. pretty crazy. He's a shady right? dude. <laughs> but I have no theory behind it whatsoever. But he's like, a shady dude. When they pull like, I, I just, I, I hope they have like, a, they have like a Scooby Doo style, like pulling the the costume off the off the bad guy. It was Jesus all man, and, man, and I would have gone all the way with it if it weren't for you meddling true detectives. The dad kind of looked like the Jesus guy with the crop. Maybe he's dressed up as Jesus for the rest of the thing, and they rip, or you know maybe the dude in the nightclub that Frank hassled the the cowboy. They're, they're like obvious. Um, the gangster where he said that great line if you're Chinese go stand in front of a tank like that's right it was, great. was it a great line <laughs> it's great if you're uh, it, it's the 1950s and <laughs> I mean at least he didn't do it with a um, with squinty eyes and like you know a full caricature if you were the that director was if you were the director would he you piece of shit uh, if I was the director of wedding crashes or something yeah <laughs> sure we would have gone that route <laughs> Um, we would have played it for laughs, man. I'm pretty sure in episode two you said me so solely, and now this. <laughs> Come on, Vince. <laughs> um, uh, let's move on to uh, from the silver screen to the. Oh, that's the TV, the small screen. What's the, the, the silver screen's the TV? Way? Yeah, yeah. So to, to... No, silver screen's cinema. All oh, right. So what? What is the is TV bronze? I think it's just the idiot box still. Because gold is gold class. We're in the golden age of TV, you know. So now it's you know apparently. Shit. All right. Okay. Cool. So yeah, gold is gold class for sure. From the nickel shit box <laughs> to the silver screen, uh, we're going to talk about Ant-Man, which was the Marvel movie that came out, the latest of a hundred Marvel franchises that now take up the majority of my viewing. They're calling life. it the nah. last film of phase two. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? And uh, yeah, it was the most, the most publicly troubled of, um, production of oh, all yeah. of Marvel's movies so far. It was meant to be directed by Edgar Wright. Run us through Elevens. Uh, give us a blow by blow. That's what I was doing until you fucking interrupted me. <laughs> Well, I'll do it again. Racist. <laughs> no, when uh, it, no, it was 2003 is when it started. Yeah, a long, long time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Edgar Wright was uh, has been attached to this project for a long time as the writer and the director. Um, he also wrote wrote it with um, the guy that directed Attack the Block. Yes. Joe Cornish. Joe Cornish. And, uh, yeah. and it was, um, you know... And they did Tintin together, as we said before. Mm. Yeah. Uh, when do we say that? Before you got here. Oh, we just BT, been before podcast. Yeah. Um, in our separate podcast, things you didn't know about Tintin and Edgar Wright. Uh, you can find it on iTunes. I, really, I would straight up listen to that. If that was a work, things you didn't know about Tintin. It's pretty much, yeah, it's guaranteed one episode, at least for the Edgar Wright special. <laughs> but yeah, they wrote that together. Good. I think they're a good stick. Yeah, I love Cornish those guys. Yeah, they yeah. work well together. Um, Edgar Wright uh, has done one comic book movie in the past. The, I think, very underrated um, Scott Pilgrim movie. Here, here. Um, Agreed. Definitely, a lot of people. If 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 it if it didn't have such a schmaltzy ending, I think a lot of people would like it a lot more. But and it uh, had the problem of the ending, the, the cinema, uh, the film having come up with a separate own ending because the comics weren't finished. That's yet. That's true, and which the is comic, a hard thing to do. The comic ending is far superior to the uh, mm-hmm. to the mm-hmm. to the movie, but the movie actually does a lot of things better than the comic as well. So I don't know, Edgar Wright's very good at uh, adapting and and doing his own stuff. And uh, it was pretty tragic when they announced last year that he'd been. Uh, after having arguments with the studio, he'd been removed as director. I mean, because everyone, everyone was like, well, that movie's going to rule. The test footage he showed a couple of years ago with Ant-Man running down, shrinking, jumping on the gun. Like- and it was just exciting to think of, you know, Edgar Wright doing a studio movie in a, in a, in a universe that we're already so familiar with. Well, it looks like you can't do that if you're going to bring, I mean, you know, Edgar Wright's got such a look. You can watch something and you can, he's got like a distinct look. You're like, yeah. that's, it's always the, the, the quick, uh, the, the snap, you know, the snap totally. stuff of things. and. You can yeah. tell what it looks like. I mean, is that the thing with doing a film for Marvel? They're like, you have to paint by these numbers if you're going to be fitting in our universe. Is this how we found that out? Well, they kept his script, but they also rewrote it with Paul Rudd, who is Ant-Man. And, he was um, attached with Edgar too, right? He was always Ant-Man? Uh, he has been for a while, not, for, yeah. not since the beginning. But he, he, he rewrote the script with Adam McKay. Which is cool, because Adam McKay is awesome. Of, of uh, everything else that's He's a comedy. He's bounded down. 
you know, the office. No, what's it called? Anchorman. Anchorman. <laughs> uh, Step Brothers. <laughs> There's an big... office in Anchorman. I'll give you that. Yeah, <laughs> I nailed it. <laughs> um, and so that, that movie's about hard work, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And Paperwork, looking at the camera alert, filing, the shredding camera. paper. Um, and uh, yeah, so they're, they're, but you can tell um, in the finished product a lot of Edgar Wright's jokes are definitely still in there. All the highlights of the movies are abs- of the movie are absolutely Edgar Wright bits. And I spent a the lot he of said, the movie she said scenes with the you know that's just straight up verbatim. You could tell that's from the script. Where yeah. he said this and she said this, and I'm then everyone's voicing each other. Like in, in case anyone hasn't best. listened, we're going to try and keep it spoiler free. Um, yeah. There might be some light spoilers, but we will not tell you. Who gets pregnant? And the um, main character is called Ant-Man. Like, sorry guys, cat's out of the fucking bag on that Ant's one. Ant's out of the bag. Yeah. Um, I spent a lot of the movie... Um, I thought I was going to... Going in, I thought I was going to be disappointed by it, but I was pleasantly surprised at just how kind of low stakes and fun Ant-Man was. Mm. Um, there were definitely was some hammy stupidity, like stupid, just like, why Disney? Moments. Yeah. Um, but the Edgar Wright jokes that they kept in there, like my favorite bit ever. And um, this isn't a spoiler, it's just me describing verbatim 30 seconds of the movie. This show's got uh, spoilers in it. Get used to it, guys. Like, it's five in. Come on. Okay. <laughs> um, I was the, like, begrudging listener just then. Yeah. Okay. Um, Sorry you have a life the best, and you don't go to movies The best weekend. bit for me was the best joke in the whole movie was uh, Egg, uh, Ant-Man and uh, the dude playing Yellow Jacket get shrunken down, trapped in a suitcase, and then one of them lands on an iPhone, activates Siri, and then says, I'm going to disintegrate you. And then Siri goes, um, playing. playing Disintegration by The Cure. And then, <laughs> then awesome. you have this amazing echoey soundtrack from within the, in the, uh, in the suitcase of, of The Cure playing while they shoot at each other and, and punch each other. And the size of ants. And yeah. then you get, yeah. And there were lots of great gags following that too. That's totally but a, a that, that third act as well. Gag central. It was great. The giant, you know, just the things, you know, the, the children's toys that you see in the trailer. That was awesome. Like, yeah. yeah. But um, when, when, the, the, when he first shrinks down, it did feel a little bit like Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Like, yeah. When he, but, but for like the new edgy generation, like, you know, that like he falls onto a turntable. Which and... I think is a Disney movie as well, right? What do you mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, it is totally. Yeah, do you think that is, are they, do they make Ant Man just to see if the world's well, that, ready for a reboot? They used to have like, at Disneyland like a massive Honey I Shrunk the Kids With playground. The blades of grass. They and could stuff. bring that back and just Ant Man it, it up. Ant Man um, me up, fam. Uh, but yeah, I mean, there there were. I don't know. Does someone else want to talk about it? Whether they liked it or not? Oh, yeah, like, I mean, I really enjoyed it. I, I kind of almost wish that it had been like smaller stakes. Like, I'm so tired yeah. of everything being like, and then it's a suit that's going to. Destroy yeah. the whole world. Like mm-hmm. it could just be like what you accent was that? You trying to do a know. Scarlet I don't know. Witch what, that was then? just my voice. That was just my voice. <laughs> you should be on um, True Detective season two. <laughs> um, but also, like Marvel have such not distinctive villains so far. We in have all got their a movies. big problem like, with that. He was he, he was, was fine, almost good. but he yeah, was yeah. like just a d- dude in a suit. Yeah, he's not really a you know a character from the comics. He was like yeah, like he looked like Lex Luthor, but he was no. He was the same Ironmonger type of villain. Like I'm going to have the same tech as you, basically. It was it was very Iron Man. Uh, which isn't a bad thing I found. I liked the fact the stake... It was like, I, I thought the heistiness was brilliant. Like, mm. all the heist planning. Like, it was like... I thought that was great. If they were going to rip off a genre, like, that was cool. Where everything else has been pretty straight up action, action, action. I mean, Guardians had the sci-fi stuff, which they couldn't do in the other films. But I just liked... Yeah, I liked the whole the heist stuff. and like the training for the heist, where it's not like discovering your powers. And wow, look at it. It was kind of like or for a purpose to steal something and I like that kind of it's also the most I've liked Paul Rudd in a movie in a long while it was great mm. wasn't it he was so like I haven't seen him like this kind of 
fun and up for it since like I don't know like Wet Hot American Summer or something. Like and, uh, he had no cynicism to his role. Totally, and it I can totally very... tell like he's the one I'm looking forward to when they're all on screen together with the eventual like Avengers team. Yeah, like absolutely. I'm like it'll be so cool to see Paul Rudd like out jerking not in a jerk way but just out jerking Tony <laughs> Stark and stuff you know right, what I mean yeah, sure. yeah. like he's kind of and I like the fact he's not like this rich dude or he's not a, an American hero or a, a scientist or anything like I hope, out he, of the I hope heroes, he shrinks Thor's hammer at some point that would be pretty cool that would be good that would be pretty funny I mean I found it similar in spirit I guess to um, Guardians a lot where it was kind of like let's do a bit of a genre movie yeah but I found Guardians of the Galaxy I, I enjoyed it but um, the, the jokes never landed with me whereas all the jokes in Ant-Man mm. really like they actually I was like well it was written by funny I was, people I was well. slapping my thighs was this certified Levin's knee slapper? That's what I was, thigh slapper. Like, thigh I slapper. am a little higher. You didn't higher. go for the knees? No, yeah. no, knee, I got a better sound from the thighs. It is more audible. Um, I mean, you had like, yeah, great comedic dudes. You had like um, Greg Turkington, mad yeah, cameo. Yeah, Neil Hamburger. It was like yeah. the first weird cameo. <laughs> yeah. I spend, uh, I spend, I reckon I spend like most of uh, Marvel movies whispering who the, who the actors are to my wife and then telling them what else they've been in because she never remembers who Amazing. those names are. Um, Nate does the same thing. My boyfriend thought for ages that the, um, who they'd cast as Ant-Man was Paul Giamatti. Amazing. <laughs> he heard, he heard now that's Paul what Rudd. I want to see. Yeah, he heard Paul Rudd. And he, he was, was great like, as the rhino. Paul Giamatti. He was like, that's such a I weird casting, this but I love little it. Suit. Like you see him just yelling at people. But he was so into it. And he was so disappointed when I was like, "No, no, no, Paul Rudd!" Like, guy <laughs> from Clueless. He's he's, like, oh. he's probably the only person in the world that's disappointed <laughs> that Paul Giamatti is not uh, Ant Man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's ballsy as fuck for Disney. Though. Let's let it. Let's let a fifty-plus like rotund bald man be like a, a poster. Tra- Speaking like- of all those things, except bald, I really enjoyed watching Michael Douglas again. Yeah, he was yeah. great. Um, was oh, shout outs to um. Roger Sterling opening scene. Oh, yep, that was Love good too. Love John Slattery. And um, and uh, did you notice? I don't know. I don't know if you guys watched the extended Marvel uh, TV universe. Um, no, I'm still catching up on. The show. I'm already married, so I can say things like that without. <laughs> <laughs> um, He's taken, ladies. Uh, there was um, you had in that first scene the flashback to the eighties. You had uh, <clears throat> Michael Douglas alongside an aged um, Peggy Carter, mm-hmm. um, who's Caps. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Agent Carter. Same she was actress, there. She, yeah, right? she, so she was. You know, she Hayley had, had grey. Um, and then you also had um, the actor who plays Howard Stark, Tony Stark. He was in that scene as well. Yeah, cool. Um, he's been. So in, I, I don't know. I, I mean, he was I, in Iron Man too. Was Tony Stark's dad when they did like the? Yeah, it's little it's little scenes like that that I love about Marvel. But then it's. Extent, like I mean, I, a small spoiler in the middle of the movie, uh, Ant Man mm. has to break into what he thinks is an abandoned place. It turns out to be the Avengers warehouse, and Falcon um, is there to, to to try and stop him. It's cute. It's a funny little it's a bit scene. Long, I thought that uh, scene, but I reckon that may have been the reason that Edgar Wright left. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah. I'm it's probably like there. you're contractually avi- contractually obliged to put an Avenger in here. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, there are, there are smaller ties to the to the um, to the Marvel universe that I thought were really great and seamless, like the opening scene mm. and you know suggesting that that um, you know Hank Pym had been part of Shield to begin with and yeah, um, well, almost like kicked out. Like I'll go do my own thing. Yeah, like, totally. That was, yeah, I thought that really worked, but then yeah, I, th- I thought like tacking it in there. I mean, it was it was a fun scene, and it didn't. It, it, it looked, certainly wasn't a risk necessary. With shared universe with this. Like, I mean, still like. Hats off to them because they're like the first guys who are doing it for so long. Like almost, it's gonna be ten years soon of having like a shared cinema universe, like multi franchise. It's crazy. It's baffling, yes, but in the right hands, you can do it super well. But if you just do it like a little bit too irksome or a little bit too coincidental and like cutesy, I think that's when it falls flat. And you're like, 
Oh, that was a waste of. When I mean, it feels like a Comic Con trailer. Yeah. Mm. yeah. That's when you like, oh, when you have a Thor's. Thor takes a super spy in Avengers 2 um, side story. Like that. Yeah. You're just like, well, this is adding we nothing. Get, we know you're putting out more movies, Marvel. You're making so yeah. much money. Like, yeah. You need to remind Every us. Every bus I walk past I, is a, tells me this. Like, <laughs> I absolutely know you've got more. In fact, the two bonus scenes at the end of the movie are going to remind me once again. I, mm. Can we talk about those bonus scenes? Yeah. yeah. I, thought, I, I thought after the first one, I was like, oh, is that it? Yeah. I can't remember what it was. It was yeah, the what wasp. Was the first, what were they? Oh. The, the, was that? The wasp suit. The wasp suit, yeah. yeah. Oh, can we talk about her for a minute? Yeah. Because the one thing that Marvel does worse than villains is and then the female characters. characters. Holy moly. He, they make Nick Pizzolotto look like a goddamn feminist. Yeah. <laughs> like, seriously. I mean, A, we don't even get to see, like, the original wasp for, like, more than two seconds. I yes. think because they're, they're waiting for her to be a big reveal. They've been yeah. Michael Douglas has been in interviews this week saying oh, that really? he wants Catherine Zeta-Jones to be wasp. <laughs> Are you serious? I kind of like that. I think that would kind I'd of be, be amazing. amazing. Yeah. I was thinking, how cool would it be? And they'll probably do it at one stage, like an '80s based shield, like a TV show or a, um, well, a movie, no, just yeah, like so with the original. The crew. next, the next agent card is jumping forward a decade, so it goes from cool. the, really? from the '50s to the '60s. I oh, think. that's cool. Yeah. Oh, that's um, sick. And it's in a, it's set in LA. I, I I really like like Agents of Shield and, yeah, and Agent I Carter, do. and oh, I kind sure. of got so accustomed to the way that they move the plots along. Like, like they both started shittily and. Agent Carter didn't really... It had a great couple of episodes, but it ended really badly. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., on the other hand, actually... Opposite, right? Well, it, the first, like, two-thirds of that of of, the, of, uh, of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s first season is awful. But if you sit through it, you get to know all the characters, you're rewarded with the last third, which is so great. It's a, it's kind of a trope of network shows. I remember reading, so I think it was actually Joss Whedon, too, and he's like, whenever you're making a show for a non-cable channel, you're basically told the first seven episodes have to be actually treat them as seven first episodes because we're, we're, we're not picturing people watching this every week so anyone can jump in for the first seven and that kind of s- was really true when i watched shield it's just kind of like they were just monster of the week type of stories and yeah but then this the, the kind of continuous plot kicks in and you're like ah oh, yeah that's yeah, that pays off really well and it you know ties into the to the movies quite mm. well you know my dad tricked my mom who he's heaps into comic Comics and comic films, he tricked my mum into watching Peggy Carter because she likes crime shows and she likes strong female characters. And I guess, you know, you're calling a show Agent Peggy Carter. I think she thought it was like Franny Fisher or something. Like, oh, did, like a, a lady in her 40s. Cody like, so, Banks. Yeah, like Agent, yeah. <laughs> but I think he was like, and I think he kind of sold it to her as that as well. He's like, hey, let's watch this show. And like, she mustn't have, she just probably thought Marvel was just like, you know. Like, like oh, it's a Marvel. It's a cinematic yeah, Marvel on TV. It's about the damn time. And then like, I, I think I pulled her up and I'm like oh I hear you watching like a Marvel show and she's like what no I'm not into that stuff I'm like and my dad's like surprise I tricked you into watching a Marvel show and it's not about superheroes and she was like oh wow like touche papa you know yeah. I thought it was yeah it was pretty funny they do Peggy Carter is actually one of the few really great especially from mm. the, the the show Hayley Atwell who plays her is so good really and good. I you know it's great to have a little like a little cameo in Ant-Man but you, when you didn't even notice it yeah like what's the point like, they, they, kind of yeah. they, they put they put and, and she had a tiny moment in, in Cap Age of Ultron as well and Cap 2 yeah. when she, he goes visits her and she's super old yeah totally yeah um, but she kind of looked like a slightly younger version of the she Cap looks two she one. looks a lot like her in, in, um, in Ant-Man uh, yeah right but um yeah, I and mean, they aged what, Michael Douglas really well. I was like, yeah, really that actually well. looks really good. Yeah. Like, I was surprised that it didn't look like that. I was actually just using footage from the game. <laughs> um, that Goatee game, though. I'm glad there's a new Goatee to rival Tony Stark. There's a new Goatee in town. Yeah, yeah. And it's whiskey. I like his tech, too. I really like this one. He had, like, the shitty garage tech with, like, 80s technology from when he was part of S.H.I.E.L.D. I thought that was... I really like seeing them using kind of... 
and which is why he thought it was he thought it was a warehouse and not an Avengers like mm. thing. I thought that was that was kind of cool. But look, the biggest issue that from Ant Man, and um, before we talk about the little spoiler and talk about the uh, the end credit scene, mm. uh, like again, it's another movie mm. that offers nothing in the way of decent female characters yeah. to a, a universe that needs them desperately. Mm. It was so frustrating to watch because like she was really dull. But she was also seemed massively competent, mm. and yeah. it was so infuriating to have him just be like, "No, for no reason." You know, like I wish that there had been a better reason other than "I love you too much." I have to, to protect you, you and you're a woman. You'll die. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah. she seemed like, like she was, she was the like one a crazy judo him. expert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, like, the original Wasp died or disappeared a hero, so at yeah. least you get that. But I mean, I it, I feel like the studios now are just like, no, instead of like giving these characters nuance, we'll just have them be headstrong and yeah. say that they did something heroic. They're going to operate from the sidelines. They're going to be like, the, wor- the yeah. door's now open. I'm assisting you in the, like, mm. in the, in yeah. the great task, but I'm not going to be doing it myself. Or like, hey, I can punch harder than you, Yeah, but I'm still hot. But I wear a suit and so I can't do like crazy things because yeah. I, I earn a lot of money. I recognize that. The writers recognize that I can get equal pay now, but yeah, um, the, but the final scene. The final, final scene. And also, uh, before we get to that, though, what about what did you think of the uh, dynamic duo of Ti and uh, and uh, John Michael? Sander. Michael Pena. Michael Pena. So Michael was, Pena was Michael awesome. He was my favorite so thing. Good. Yeah, uh, his delivery, like he when he plays that type of character, he, he just played the so hell well. out of the stereotype. Yeah. he does it really. Like, he does yeah. it super well. Like in Serve and Pro- Serve, was it Serve and Protect the Seth Rogen Moore cop movie? Um, that was mistaken with Paul Blart. And the, that really, oh, that really, really underrated Jesse Eisenberg and or Aziz Ansari movie about the pizza yes, delivery. Yes, thirty minutes away. He's great in that yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's and awesome. he was oh, excellent in Eastbound and Down. Eastbound and well. Down. Yeah. yeah, totally. No, he's awesome. And I really like that he played that character. That 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 opening line of his he was like, "Yeah, my mom's dead and my dad's dead." And I just went for it and I was like, I got this van though." It was like really fun. I was like, "Whoa, Marvel's never really had like a joke, like a funny, funny, like weird black joke, like like black humor joke like that." You know, yeah. they're kind of usually physical gags or something and I was like oh that was really funny the whole thing was definitely like one of those movies that I feel like I mean to bring it back to the mask again but like you know those movies that you just watch when you're a kid yeah it's just like this really fun romp yeah like, totally that's a movie that's probably I reckon that'll be when when my son gets really obsessed with superhero movies that I reckon we'll that might that be one, one. Of, one of the most watched ones because it's you know so fun I think I was like also surprised it actually happened just because when you when something's in development hell for so long now, you know about it and you know it's almost like a saga. Like, you know, you just well, see yeah. tweets of people and people get passive-aggressive and there's a lot of... You can tell, like, the studio is panicking and they start delaying films releases. But I was like, I'm surprised it actually was, like, a pretty functional three-act movie. Like, uh, you can see bits where... One bit I didn't like, and this is a thing where I reckon it was, like, a line left over from the, another script or an insertion insertion of, like, a new line. But the villain, Yellow Jacket, he mm. was going kind of crazy. And then um, out of nowhere... Um, What's her name? The wasp. Uh, Michael Douglas's daughter just goes, "Oh, you, you're acting weird because you're so exposed to the serum." And it's like, "Hang on, has that been explained before?" No, like, that's right. Mm. That was weird. It's just weird. And he's like, "Oh, yeah, I'm getting angry because I've been around serum so much." I'm like, "What? <laughs> What's serum? Like, what are you talking they, about?" They were just kind of like, "Oh, it started to change me." That was very. They, it was a never Frankenstein op- transformation. Never and I would have accepted it if they showed you at the start, like a Bruce Banner type thing, but. It was just introduced nowhere. I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, don't worry, man. It's just a serum. Be cool. And I was yeah. like, what? That's just weird. It's like right at the end of the... Like, don't. Yeah. Um, the final credit scene, and if you don't want spoilers, skip forward one minute because we won't spend long on this. No. But the final credit scene uh, involves uh, Captain America, uh, Falcon, and... Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier. And it was um, shot by the Russo. It's actually shot... It was a scene apparently out of... Um, Civil War? Civil War. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm just maybe really excited for Civil War. It looked like, 
a movie again. Like uh, Ant Man was kind of like. I know so that was the thing. I was like, so you made a comment a couple of episodes ago about the Marvel movies being fun, but they're not very cinematic. They're not yeah. films. This absolutely like proves mm. your point, and it reminds you that this um, Winter Soldier totally was like yeah, Winter, Winter Soldier was the best abs- looking yeah, out of absolutely all the, the best films. and the best structured. Like, yeah. and, and so the guys that did that, it's who is it? Anthony and Joe Russo. Yeah, the guys that did all the um community hilarious like episodes. gun episodes yeah, yeah. of Community, like the paintballs or whatever, and they're doing Infinity War, right? Yeah, I'm, and, and I'm really really excited that 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 they're you know that the, those movies are in their hands oh totally i think you can tell joss just didn't give a shit anymore and i think they're far more competent filmmakers oh, and then you know they're, they're, yeah. they're the only ones that handled um black widow really well like that, yeah, that's true. She she's the, the star of of, of well, Winter Soldier. i forgot about this. that is a time marvel has done a, a female character super awesomely like that was yeah she was amazing in cap too you were like why doesn't she have her own movie what, yeah what, again I don't know. I and hope then, that and I... then in Ultron, they gave her the superpower of being barren. Yeah, it was just like mm, still thanks so a lot. Bad. <laughs> still so bad. It's so, yeah. I saw Joss Whedon speaking about it recently in an interview because I was speaking about the Blu-ray coming out soon. He's like, "There's half an hour missing of that film," and he's like, "No, I'm really proud of this cut." And it's like, I, I got really personal with it and stuff. I'm like, "Is Joss Whedon barren?" <laughs> but he's like, "There's a lot of stuff in there that's really yeah. hard for me to talk about." I tried and... to get he tried to get pregnant once, and yeah. it, for some reason it couldn't happen. <laughs> so like, he decided to so share those about? thoughts and memories with the female character. Uh, yeah, what other like prominent Marvel girls should be in these this movie? Yeah, it's hard because so many of the Marvel female heroes, uh, X Men. Well, I was about to say uh, they're owned by the other best studios. Ones are X Men. Yeah. yeah, but then also on top of that, they're like like female versions of male characters. Like yeah. I love She-Hulk and I think it'd be sick to see like a really sick, like legal procedural Netflix series. That'd be perfect. She-Hulk. I think that'd be yeah. amazing. But then you have to be like, Oh, it's Hulk's cousin. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, she's never just a character in her own. You know? Right? I mean, I always thought, I remember it was, I thought Jubilee was super cool from the X-Men TV series. And she was like kind of a background character in the comics, but they kind of told mm. the animated series through her eyes, I guess. Like she was a young new mutant. And I thought that was, that she was like a cool character. She had her own powers. that stood on their own. She wasn't like a, a Miz or a like well, a she yeah. version all, of the all of the female characters in the X Men cartoon series that we grew up with from memory. I don't Rogue think is it, sick. well, no, none of them need to be saved by the male characters yeah. every episode. I think that was the biggest thing. Yeah, I think yeah. it'd be cool. Like, um, I mean, they say they're going to do Captain Marvel. I really don't care about Captain Marvel. She's become such a huge character in the last couple of years, mm. and I feel like I've missed the boat on some level. Like, she's fine, but I just don't have an attachment to no, her. No, totally. But Ms. Marvel, the new character, yeah. the like. Pakistani-American. Yeah. She's, she's great. And I would be really... I think Marvel would be really silly if they weren't looking at her they developing have to do her that. for like a TV show at least or something. Yeah, because it's not... Yeah. Great. And also, like, it, as well as needing, um, you know, more more female characters in the Marvel Universe, there needs to be also more a more, more youthful... Yeah. Oh, yeah, more diversity more, and also yeah. more youthful perspectives. Yeah. And I yeah. think what Ms. Marvel is, is, is absolutely... When you read that book, you're watching... Uh, like you know, a teenager cope with being, yeah, and it's it's really it's that golden era Spider Man in high school shit. I, I so. hope. I mean, I mean, I mean, I know sure. that like this is me going. Like, I hope, I hope they do it right with this white man that they've cast. But they've, you know, you've got a teenage Spider Man, yeah, and hopefully that you do get some of that youthful enthusiasm so, instead of this kind of like grizzled man yeah. that's you know either fucked up a few times in his life before or is over the world that he's a part of. Yeah, like no, I, every character is is you know old beyond their years and Marvel the and Kevin everyone's like hell bent on saying like we're keeping him in high school like this is the golden age I actually re- I read the writers the other day and I, I, I was glancing in the you know the varieties as uh, as you and I do as film uh, connoisseur no I just saw it online and was like uh, the guys of the vacation reboot are writing this and I'm like oh it's a first time writing team that's kind of weird one of them is Sam from Freaks and Geeks 
So who knows getting bullied in high school better than anybody? I, I don't know great. this. He's like, yeah. he's written the new vacation. I was like, oh shit, in that case, it's a guy who was in Freaks but and Geeks. Don't get your hopes up too much, man. Because he, um, he also wrote, uh, what was it? How to Kill Your Boss or whatever. I don't know that. What's oh, Horrible Bosses? Horrible Bosses, yeah. Oh, oh yeah, right. How to Kill Your Boss. <laughs> no, that was I mean, the pitch. I mean, that's exactly it. <laughs> that was the pitch. Yeah, I've, I've seen like... both of those stupid movies. Yeah, I've seen the first one. Uh, b- both on planes. So that's in the How okay. to Kill Your Principal, though. I mean, that's what you're going to be getting. <laughs> But I don't know. I thought that if someone can get that um that 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 bullied high school thing, he kind of went through it a bit. I mean, obviously on screen and had no say in the script. But I don't know. Hopefully, there's some of that cool high school shit that made Freaks and Geeks. I actually so watched a, a Freaks and Geeks bloopers reel this week, which I've, I haven't seen in a while. And, and you, he, uh... he, he has all the sweetest moments in the really? blooper reel. Yeah, yeah. He just fuck, fucks up like and keeps saying like mixing up words in a sentence and stuff like that. It's really really what great. What a sweetie pie! Awesome. Absolute sweetie pie. I loved horror bosses, bubble bosses too. <laughs> Well, it explains the two uh, tattoos you recently got in Bali. <laughs> that proclaims your, your love for both of them. <laughs> I got Horrible Bosses 1 on my forehead and on the back of my head I shaved the hair around Horrible Bosses 2. The guy's two. like, do you want this to go around the whole way? Like, I got a feeling like, number two's coming. Yeah. I'm it, loving it. Are you sure you don't want me to just put a two after the Horrible Bosses tattoo? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Do we already have? Like, no, 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 no. Trust no. me. Right, the They're whole very thing separate. Um, <laughs> speaking of a movie, I just want to say quickly, we'll speak about a movie that was in like famous development hell. A doco came out this week um, I, I, based on another comic book movie, which never happened. And that was, it's called The Death of Superman Lives. And Elevator Pitch, Superman Lives was a film that was supposed to come out in 1998. Uh, Tim Burton directed Superman film starring Nicolas Cage as Superman because of Batman and Robin and how fucked that was it didn't happen there's only been bits of information leaking out over the last what 10 years almost 20 years now so. mostly mo- much laughed at photos of nick mostly memes. In, 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 a, in the superman outfit mostly edgy memes uh <clears throat> terrible photos which in the documentary is interesting they said they it was a, that is a photo of a video footage they actually picked the shot of him blinking to make it even worse uh. so it was that photo went around for studios to just ridicule the film even more the doco anyway just goes into detail it made Kevin Smith's in it. He wrote the first draft. Tim Burton's in it, which I was like surprised he was going to be in it. John Peters is hilarious producer who, you've, if you YouTube um, Kevin Smith, John Peters, you get an amazing bit of Kevin Smith just speaking about this ridiculous Hollywood producer who was obsessed with getting a giant spider in a movie for about 20 years. And he finally <laughs> did it with Wild Wild West. Uh, but yeah, it's, it, was, it was great. And it's just cool. I don't I love those things like, Beach Boys album, the Smile album, stuff like things that were supposed to be coming out and never did, and you kind of see all the hard work. And um, I was surprised Tim Burton's like, oh, this still like haunts me every day. Like this was a movie I really wanted to make, and you know, he goes through like a lot of movies, like The Day the Earth Stood Still, and these movies about an alien coming to Earth and trying to learn about human life. He's like, I wanted to tell that story, have like a really sort of solitary Superman who's trying to fit, and he had this like. See Nicolas Cage wearing like Mickey Mouse shirts and mismatched clothes, and he would have a room in his apartment of just newspaper clippings of humans and human life because he was just trying to practice to be a human. He's like the whole movie was about that, and I was like, that sounds like such a cool take. And 
I don't know. It just... I, I like. I love watching Nick Cage. Oh man, as you know, I had a a, a, sh- a short-lived uh, Nicholas Cage series on a Sydney radio station for a while, where I explore. <laughs> and yeah, he's amazing. He's the man for the job. I mean, his Plus son he, is called Kal El. Yeah, he's like the world's biggest Superman fan. He totally. had like a, a copy of Action Comics number one that was stolen, and, and that's then... getting made into a film so, now. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, it's just like Plus oh. he's nuts. Yeah, and it's just a shame they didn't get to do it. I think you would have really brought something awesome to Superman, which we will never see now because mm. it's so. Hopefully, one of the studios will get him to play some. One. Well, I mean, I think he kind well, of got he to do it with Ghost Rider, and he was Ghost Rider. Well, he did it with Kick. I think he got his like, I'm going to bring something weird to Kick. You know what I mean? I was yeah. Kind of like, yeah, it was amazing, and he like, yeah, I th- like you, he he turned it up to like Nick Cage ten on that, and mm. I don't know, there was a glimpse maybe, but um, it's totally worth checking out. It's online. The end by me. Um, potentially that movie could have been better than uh, DC's upcoming movies. Let's talk about them. <laughs> uh, Segway. Segway returns. Segway and Robin. Oh yeah, <laughs> Segway and Robin. Um, Batman is being the being, I guess, put into production. Re- rebooted? Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Um, mm. we, we, we got we've got uh, Batman versus Superman with Ben Affleck as Batman coming out soon. Then we've got Suicide Squad. We've talked about it every week. Listen to last cast. week's episode, you dummy. If you're starting number five, um, but uh, after that. We've got a new Batman movie directed mm. by Ben Affleck and he's co-writing it with a comic writer called Jeff Johns. Uh, now, if you uh, don't read comics, that name not, might not be familiar with you. And if you do read comics, you probably hate seeing that name. Give me a rap sheet because I told you guys earlier, like I went through a period where I just read buttloads of Batman, buttloads of Superman. And I know Jeff Johns' name popped up a lot of times, but I just don't know which runs or what plot lines. Like, give me the best. Well, I mean, I, I think... Jeff Johns is quite comparable to Brian Bendis, who mm-hmm. is the the big blockbuster writer yeah. that Marvel have. <clears throat> the biggest difference between them, uh, besides uh, Jeff Johns having a lovely head of hair. Um, <laughs> ooh, ooh, ouch. What a burn. Sorry, BMB. Take that, BMB. <laughs> <laughs> um, is that Jeff Johns actually doesn't have any creator-owned comics. Okay. He's pretty much, for the greater part of the last 20... Sorry, the last yeah, last 20, 20 years, he's written exclu- almost exclusively for, for DC. Mm. And he loves, yeah. like, Dick Donner era Superman, right? Like, he always writes kind he, of... Well, he actually got to write with Richard Donner. He wrote us. Yeah, if you, and it, he, um, Richard Donner joined him right. uh, for, a, for a few really great comics, uh, with action comics. Also, uh, Richard Donner was, like, his sort of mentor. Of course, yeah. Jeff Johns was originally, like, a screenwriter, and he interned yeah, for right. Richard Donner. And they're actually, like, pretty Because I know tight, he's into apparently. that mad era. Yeah, there's like an amazing... Classic. Episode to bring up Kevin Smith again, which is something I never thought we'd do twice in an episode. You- <laughs> uh, Kevin Smith has a great podcast called Fat Man on Batman, and Jeff Johns was a guest on that, and he goes through oh, yeah. um, his you know friendship and, and right, working right. with uh, with Richard Donner. I completely forgot about that, but that's yeah. a, that's an amazing. I just know episode. he always writes. Superman I feel like that's as Dick Donner era Superman as well, like the values. And- yeah, mm. well, I, I mean- feel like that gives you a really good grounding as to who like the way Jeff Johns sees the DC universe, mm. and like he very much has like this real affection for like the Silver Age and that sort yeah. of thing, and it's which pretty, I think is pretty. Important for, for, for a writer sure. to have. Like, all, sure. I think all my favorite DC writers have that, like, you know, James Robinson, Mark Wade. Um, yep. they, they have that, that that love of, yeah, Rucker, of, of, of how things used to be. Rucker, not so much. Rucker and Brubeck are kind of sort of maybe the old crime yeah. comics, but not so much DC. DC's go. Oh, who knows? Yeah. I don't I, know. I, I, that's not my place to say. Like, Rucker was cool when he brought Catman and the whole Catwoman stuff. The, right? No, that's Brubaker. Oh, Brubaker. Shit, sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I thought that was cool. Like, the, the, yeah. cap, the you know what I run? said. <laughs> I got confused. Um, but that is a good comic. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was bringing some Silver Age stuff, you know, like bringing like, kind of a... Jeff Johns before he wrote for... Well, no, while he was writing for DC, but before he was like DC's biggest writer, actually wrote uh, 20 issues of The Avengers. 
Really? Which I've never run. What, have you ever run? Like What's that? They're or? so bad. They're so, bad. so bad. Wow, because they're, they're like kind of it's well like, regarded. Pink. Really? Yeah. I'm so shocked by that because I've read not the whole thing, but it's it's not good, I don't think. And there's one of the weirdest, the weirdest scenes ever in it. There's like this creepy, weird one panel sex scene between <sighs> the Wasp and Ant-Man. Oh, I have, I've read that oh issue. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. Where they Ant- I didn't know Ant-Man, that was him writing that. Ant-Man is tiny. Holy and shit. you just see him emerge from the sheets. In between her boobs, isn't it? Uh, I don't isn't know. It, I think it's, it's slightly crass, lower it? because right. he is like dripping it right, is yeah. so holy shit <laughs> i hope that's in like, ant-man too yeah. that's amazing that's so like, cool that's where that's where the wasp is <laughs> that's, that's where she is she's up she's in michael douglas's butthole oh, <laughs> holy moly that's it's hilarious so, so full the micro the, the microverse is just it's, michael it's Douglas's butt. butt. <laughs> did you read um just quickly did you read the adam convergence two issue miniseries i'm pretty sure no one did um but. The no, I didn't. No, uh, it's just really like just Ryan Choi was living in. The, anyway, the, that's a- very very specific. A- no, I'm no, sorry. The Adam yeah. is is the Ant Man of DC, the DC. Right? Yeah, yeah, and one Ant Man died, and then the other Ant Man started hallucinating that he like could hear him, and then it turned out he was in his brain, and he grew another one out of his hand. Wow! And so Ryan comics, Choi was right, alive. Comics, anyway. Sorry, wow. that's just that's amazing. Yeah. Um, uh, so Jeff Johns, uh, I guess the, the... So it was exclusively DC after that ill-fated sex from... Um, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, who knows why. They were like, oh, look at this magic he's doing over at Marvel. We've got to lock Can't him, wait lock to him down. Can we just see Superman like a snap Lois in half? Let's, get a, let's bring this one in. Um, so I, I went through everything that he's written um, earlier today and, um, and, and kind of went through everything that, that I've read by, by him and uh, I thought I'd go through... This is not quite chronological, Should but... Should we do a sting just for this one segment that we're going to do for Yeah, us? Siobhan, you want to sing the... Uh, Jeff is- Johns, This Is Your Life. <laughs> boop, 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 boop. No, I don't know. It's perfect. That's great. We can, we can <laughs> yeah, remix that. we do the that. segment again. We'll- I know Flume. It's fine. We can, <laughs> we can turn that into a four-minute opus. Um, I thought I'd go through some of Jeff Johns' kind of better-known comics. Sure. Uh, at least the ones that I've read. Mm. I've, I've probably missed a few, but... Uh, Wait, before um, we go on, can, can I ask for me and all the people at, at home... <laughs> Is he still writing for DC? In some, he's Absolutely. Like a, he's, so a, he's, 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 he's DC's right? chief creative officer. Mm. So he's like the Joe... The CCO, I believe that stands yeah, right. for. Um, and uh, so he is pretty much... He, he writes Justice League for DC Yeah, now. he's writing Justice League at the moment. And think, is that all he's writing? Uh, no, he, well, he just he finished a Superman run. He did Aquaman for a while. He did yeah, Aquaman for a while. I feel like I read recently that he's, he's moving on to something else pretty soon. Yeah. He's possibly doing Flash again or something. No, I, did, I, I don't know. Down. Yeah, um, who knows? But yeah, he he always he writes their big events. He wrote Forever Evil, which is uh, yeah. DC's big event last year, and I think he's writing their event this year too. Do we know um, what that's called yet? No, I don't know. Maybe Just... still evil. <laughs> um, Weird sex scenes. <laughs> uh, but Jeff John started out. Um, I guess the big DC comic, the first one that he really started to get a name for himself, was Stars and Stripe. S T R I P. Yeah. Have you and read it? Uh, I've read like one issue for, for of it. I love it. You it's love his, it. It's the first thing that he wrote um, at DC, and it's it's a, it's pretty sweet because his younger sister died in a plane crash when he was younger, um, and so he like created this character based on the sort of classic um, Star Spangled Kid, but based it on his younger sister. Yeah, right. And it's just a really sweet like it's mostly about this teenage girl dealing with her stepdad, who also happens to be a superhero who used to fight crime in a big like Americana robot suit Whoa. and she becomes like the star spangled kid and he's her sidekick and she's like, Urgh. um, what era was that? Like nineties? Yeah. Late, like late nineties. So he's been around, like he speaks star was late nineties. 
Uh, yeah, that was like, the, sure. the, and then from there he he was able to write those characters into the Justice Society yeah. of, of America, the JSA, yeah. which is a very confusing comic to describe to anyone because it is started out as the the first superheroes that DC wrote in the 30s. Yeah. Like yeah, the big superhero right. team. And then... It was after... After... Infinite in, Crisis. After, 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 like, after a few like a few decades, they decided to move those heroes after superhero comics weren't popular anymore. They moved them to Earth Two, and then so that's like the old Flash with the uh, yeah, like there's basically a second a second Earth, and then <laughs> then a few crisis events happened, and then it turns out they live on the same Earth, and then uh, then a few, then a, a time crisis happens, yeah. and they all get too old <laughs> except three Christ. of them. Yep. So the the run that of JSA that Jeff Johns writes is a mixture of the old superheroes and the young superheroes. So the old superheroes are training to become superheroes. These new superheroes are going to have to show these. These ain't your granddaddy <laughs> yeah. superheroes. Just- um, the way things were. <laughs> but that is that, like, uh, Jeff John's JSA run is probably one of my favorite superhero comics ever, which I do say a lot. But it is. It, it was just really, um, like, he took all these characters and really had a lot of space to play around with them because no one really cared. Um, I think so happens. many of my favorite authors, like, for sure. thrive. Like Grant Morrison that, yeah. does that really well. Like, a whole bunch of people can do that super well. The, yeah. The new True Detective, sorry, the new uh, <laughs> the new Hey Fam drinking game is uh, uh, you get to drink as soon as. Uh, Angus brings up Grant Morrison. I love Grant Morrison. <laughs> um, His Batman run is epic. You know you, it. Two Don't shots if you, if you bring up Grant Morrison's Batman run. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, and I feel like it, like as well as having like such love for these old, mm. old, you know, somewhat forgotten characters, he also will always write young characters really well, yeah. which is what Brian Bendis of Marvel does really well as well. Um, yeah, you kind of get I this like, Miles Morales. yeah, like well, you get like a real vibrant, like you know, like the new eyes looking at this crazy Earth in front of them. Um, yeah, I, 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 have you read like his entire JSA run? Because yeah, did, I think he, I've he, read all. It's of like it. hundred, almost 100 yeah, a hundred comics. Yeah, it's a lot. Because he he stopped writing it for a while and then he came back to it. Yeah, I've read a few like a few books and crossovers and stuff from that run. It's all really good. Yeah, um, I I enjoy it a lot. Like, I mean, it is definitely that sort of. It was when DC very much had that identity of, like, legacy. So there are all these, like, generations of characters. And there's, like, the Flash family. And, like, mm. they're all really close. And, like, the JSA was just this really nice, just simple, like... It, it was, like, book, was, like reading know? a museum. Yeah, it kind of was. Like, it was just nice. And there were all these, like, excellent new young characters. And he was really making an effort for it to be, like, diverse and cool. And... Simpler times. Well, yeah, for sure. Family um, first. Yeah, I, I really like it when comics embrace their their, their past instead yeah. of, you know, wiping it Retconning clean. Retconning shit all the time. Like, yeah. it's just... It's... Like it's recon every two years. People now, don't like, need to go like, but that happened in this blah blah. I feel like you should just gotta let go of that when you're. But also, like that's the like... beauty of comics. People are gonna change the way your favorite characters look. They're gonna change the way they mm. think. It's like that's the beauty of the medium. There's gonna be these different artists that are dipping in and out of things they've created or things that they love them being created by other people. That's the beauty of that medium. Like if you don't like that medium, go watch like like a game show or something i don't know oh man when they when they uh ret- man, oh man. when they retconned deal or no deal when they retconned man oh man i was like uh okay i thought i'd thought of everything i thought i thought characters got slimed in this show <laughs> um after uh jsa is uh, a really great uh re- revision of uh of one of dc's biggest comics from the 80s it's teen titans mm. jeff johns did and that i know i've actually heard you several times Siobhan, yeah. say that's your favorite comic run ever it is it's like that's the first superhero that's like what got me into superhero comics you know like i was sort of 
buying single issues here and there, but that's the first thing that I've collected is, and read. So it's, it's, it's kind of like, like a teen, of, teen Justice League, right? Or like, yeah, yeah. More, it's almost like their answer to, to the X-Men. Yeah, well, it, it directly was. Like, the Teen Titans was created we as a, a response young, cool... to X-Men. Um, and that's when they put Nightwing in for the first time, right? Or... Yeah, well, Nightwing, he became Nightwing in the pages of that's Teen right. Titans. Uh, Disco-suited Nightwing. Yes, <laughs> my favourite. The yeah. best Nightwing. Yeah. There's this hilarious scene where he, like, is telling the rest of the team that he's like, I'm leaving Robin behind. And he, like, weirdly, like, takes off all his clothes, but like, while giving this really straight speech and then gets just dressed again with this big and, disco and collar. And pops his collar. Yeah, yeah. he's like, Nightwing. <laughs> Really um, Amazing. Are there some particular characters in that Teen Titans run that like uh, that's like the iteration of that character that you think oh, of yeah. straight away? Yeah. Like, like the John's run. Yeah. Um. Because you have like oh, man, so yeah, many. He did such well. The the core team is uh, Superboy, Connor Kent, rather than like Superman from the past. Mm-hmm. Um, Tim Robin, Drake. Tim Drake, and it's the best Tim Drake written. The best Tim Drake. Drake. See, I, I really Tim Drake's like Tim my Drake. fave. Yeah, he's, my he's favorite probably Robin. my favorite Robin. Um, Cassie Sandsmark, who's Wonder Girl. Um. Starfire, actually really well written. And I really like Starfire. Yeah, Starfire character. I know she's really yeah. silly, but like I just really like her. Beast Boy and Cyborg. And that's sort of the main team. Oh, and Raven as well, Raven. Um, and then other people sort of come and go and he brings new characters in. Um, is there a leader of the Teen Titans or is it kind of like... Cyborg. Cyborg's the leader. Cool. Um, technically, but Tim's very much the leader in the field, I think. Um, <laughs> that Batman family jag, you know, you're always going to have to and try to... It, it kind of kicked off the, the first issue of that kicks off with like um, Robin keeping the team a secret from Batman. And that's like the big, yeah. the big like, oh, like, you know, he's really breaking away from Batman. Um, after... I've read the Batman universe while that's happening. And it's like CT, like when he's kind of like high mm. and he's like, where's Tim these days? Like, yeah. That's, I mean, that there. That's the one problem with going back and trying to recommend these these comics yeah. to people that don't read lots of comics because there's nothing more frustrating. It's like I've got to go over here now, yeah, and then that character died. Read what yeah. happens here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's part of the reason that like I got into superhero comics because all this stuff was happening like off page, and I was like, but um, what? Why is everyone dead now? Why Damn is Superboy dead? Guards. Now I have to read Infinite Crisis. What? Gotta have them all. Um, the Flash, he did a really great uh, Flash run in which yeah. he uh, expanded on a lot of the uh, Flash rogues gallery, yeah. especially Captain Cold, who's one of my favorite characters you of all time. You Flash rogues gallery is like your favorite. Yeah, I think so. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. He really loves some silly villains. Like even looking at Teen Titans, the Teen Titans villains are so silly. It's all like, well, like Deathstroke, but whatever. But there's like, rules, yeah. um, my I got my a Deathstroke Lego favorite. figure the other day. Oh, nice. <laughs> you got a what? I got a Deathstroke Lego figure the other day. Oh. Comes in a sweet boat. Um, anyway, continue. My favorite, <laughs> my favorite, um, my favorite Teen Titans villains. Are, um, I can't remember what the team they're in, but they're led by this guy called the Brain, and he's a brain in a jar with a vaguely sort of German voice, a little bit, and he's always just trying to get his body back. But his sidekick, <laughs> brain though, right? But his sidekick is um, this uh, gorilla who is also a French guerrilla fighter. So he's got like a beret and stuff. And his name's Monsieur Malar. And they're in a relationship. And they're in love. Yeah. And really? it's so beautiful and so great. So wait, he is a gorilla? Yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's a... There's like, like there's three, there's so many there are three gorilla, at least three gorilla characters. They're, they're all villains too, right? Yeah. yeah. Ultra Humanite. Gorilla, gorilla Grod. Grod. And the whole like, you know, gorilla city. Of course, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Monsieur Malar and Detective Chimp. I could keep going. Yeah. I could keep going. <laughs> the <laughs> primate funny, DC the universe. King Shark. Like they've got some really funny, like just just animal guys. And you yeah. just kind of have to Whatever. go. Oh, I guess there's animal guys around here. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, we talked about it briefly, but um, Jeff Johns had a, a pretty significant run on Action Comics and Superman Comics in, uh, concurrently. Yeah. Um, and uh, he wrote 
two really great stories with Richard Donner, um, Last Son of Krypton, which Krypton, which is about uh, Christopher Kent, mm. who is a, a child that may or may not be from Krypton that comes down to to Earth, and yeah, uh, right. Uh, uh, Zod comes back to claim him, and like Looking it's really sad. awesome. Um, and then uh, he wrote a really great um, book uh, with uh, called Brainiac, which is all about. Mm. Do you remember that one? Yeah, Brainiac's yeah. super good. Yeah, that's right. That's, 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 that's one of my top three. Like you know, just after All Star Superman or something like that. Yeah. Uh, hey, which was written uh, Grant, Grant Morrison. Take, take a, a shot. shot. Take a shot. Take a <laughs> shot. Uh, who wrote Birthright? Am I thinking of someone else? Uh, Birthright is Mark Wade. Yeah. Mark Wade. But, I really do. But Birthright. um, uh, there's another version after of that. Book. Jeff Johns did Secret Origin. Secret Origin. His, that's yeah. right. And I think it's classic. It's, yeah, I think it's really good. And Gary Frank is really brilliant on art in yeah. that. He can't draw kids. They all look really creepy. But I think he still nails it. For, I know a lot of people complain about um, Superman being a shit character because they've never read a really good Superman yeah. story. Yeah. But those three: Last Son of Krypton, Brainiac, and Secret Origin, yeah. all by Jeff Johns. They will, you know, one prove to you that Jeff Johns is a pretty great writer. Yeah, it's a and shit also argument three, to have with people like who've two, seen like a movie and they're like, well, "Superman's boring." Yeah, like, yeah. Wait, no, you've just seen him written. Yeah, like, Bianca, yeah. my wife. <laughs> so that logic. Take a take a shot. <laughs> she hates Superman, bro. I, it's so hard to tell people that Superman's a cool character. Seriously, so he just has so much power. Who cares? But that's his biggest. Floor. like that humanity's his right. I should right. get a divorce you're right <laughs> um, I'm not saying that just take a shot <laughs> uh, Green Lantern uh, was uh, probably the, the biggest series mm. that Jeff Johns worked on that really put him on a, on the map and uh, every, he, he basically turned the Green Lantern comics from you know people the, the comics that were always just outside of like the top 50 or the top 100 to the top selling comics whenever they came out who was yeah. the, la- the, the main Lantern that was, so he, he was brought writing. Hal Jordan back um, but then he kind of in- introduced the Green Lantern core of like, you know, all yeah. the different, and then also the Sinestro core and all the different colors. The core didn't exist before that. Like, uh, that it his... did. It definitely did. But, yeah, uh, but they were all dead or something. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's, I mean, so he turned into this like some oh, yeah, yeah. like, <laughs> crazy space force. That was, like, yeah, um, and space cops. And I it like was, that. yeah. And it was like, but then he brings in, so you obviously what's green is hope. Yeah, is that what, and willpower. Green Lantern power is, is willpower. And then Sinestro, which yellow, is right? yeah, yellow, is fear. So, you know, they're, they're, they're the two. Are, but then he introduced all these other colors. So you had blue, which was... Red blue. Well? I think blue was hope. Red was anger. Indigo was like... I don't even know was what indigo black? was. was like yellow thing? was greed. Orange was greed. Orange was greed, yeah. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. But... Um... So what does that mean? Pink when was had... love. Pink was love. What does that mean? When but it was like ring. lust as well. Yeah. So, it, so it... there were basically like, he introduced all these other different colors and all these different other lanterns and, and rings and uh, they, were, they kind of came to the head with Sinestro Court War mm. and then um, and then that went into one of the one of the biggest events that Jeff Johns wrote, mm. which was a, a whole DC wide. Um, event called blackest night in which every dead dc character comes back to life yeah that was Huge. pretty silly um but it was fun yeah it's, it's a really big dumb event but yeah. it's really fun i think i read too many of the tie-ins at i the read time. every single time yeah. so i, I think i need mean. to go back i read, I read them all on a plane though ah, so for those people that better. succumb to the uh belief that watching a shit movie on a plane can make a movie pretty good it works for comics too <laughs> i read i read about yeah, 150 you, issues of this yeah. series when you're in on, low on, air on, pressure from china and everything's to paris. a bit more uh, yeah. agreeable oh so did you say every dead villain or just every dead character every dead character the teen titans time was pretty hilarious because they brought back like Donna Troy's dead baby and husband. Oh, that's right. Heavy. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty. You remember? Pretty yeah, pretty I haven't read awful. that. I yeah. just remember the toys that came out at the time. They were kind of like spooky yeah. looking back there. Like Zombified. spooky looking. Yeah. yeah. I remember that. Um, some other big events that uh, Jeff Johns worked on. 
Um, obviously, spinning out of Blackest Night was Brightest Day, which mm. is a turd that you should avoid. Yes. Um, right. so that, that follows immediately afterwards, right? Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. Um, but it does it, it does reintroduce Swamp Thing to the DC universe, yeah, which is kind of cool. And had a lot of Martian Manhunter in it, which I always appreciate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jones. Uh, he, he did, his most famous event is Infinite Crisis, which is a big crisis event that follows the 80s DC crisis event that brought all the worlds together. Crisis on Infinite Earths. Um, Infinite Crisis um, separates them again yeah. and makes different, uni- different uni- um, worlds in the universe. Multiverse. Yeah, right. Why? Um, Why just more comics? Be- because uh, Superboy punches. What does he fucking punch? It's like the Superboy most. Superboy. Pr- was that Superboy Prime or was that Alexander Luther? Superboy Prime. He's yeah. Luther's in it too. It's, it's, it's. I liked how they made. He Superboy. basically like punches a crystal, which then like alters space time continuum. Crystal punch allows there to be a multiverse I mean, again. Yeah. Um, and, and, and then and then that allowed them to reboot a lot of different things. It's a, it's it's actually as far as like big, uh, you know, universe it's changing. Good. Like, yeah. I think it holds up really well. As- was that the status quo for ages too? Like, the stuff that was the fallout of that? Was yeah. that yeah. until the New 52, like, the status quo? More or less. Pretty yeah, right. Yeah. Um, uh, out of uh, Infinite Crisis came my, I reckon, overall favorite DC event and mm. my favorite uh, Jeff Johns comic, my favorite Mark Wade comic, my favorite Greg Rucker comic, and my favorite Grant Morrison comic, maybe. Yeah. 52. 52, yeah, right. Which I think is, like, just, so like, if, 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 as soon as you've read maybe, like, five to ten DC comics... Go straight to 52. Yeah. Sell me 52. It, I haven't read it. Sell it to me. 52 is a year in which Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman are not on Earth. And Do you know why from the start? Or is that something you no. find out as you read they it? They disappeared in the crisis. Yeah. Yeah, um, right. Do and, you need uh, anything to read before? Read Infinite Crisis and then read 52. Yeah. Yeah? It's got a lot of like super obscure DC characters in it, which I think... like. I read 52 when I wasn't really that into comics and really loved it. And going back and rereading it, you pick up all these extra things. You get like way like, more oh, with shit, a bit of history. Like, fucking that guy. All right. Well, you know what? I'm going to do yeah, it. Yeah. So it's like, he, it. he, I mean, like, he, and on all the characters that, they, that it's about, it's all really fun premises. So you have like Booster Gold trying to become the Superman figure of the DC universe now, except he's not doing it to save lives. He's doing it so he can become famous and have and get money. Booster Gold is a, is a superhero from the future who knows everything that's happened. So in theory, he should be able to stop every crime and become a, a, super, a celebrity in the He's past. He's like Biff Buchanan in Back to the Future 2, basically. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Wow. Um, and then jerk. there's another amazing, amazing one where all of the evil scientists in the DC universe pull together um, and like basically like they're like the driving force, like the really bad, uh, you know, kind of... The, the the really evil side of that story is all these evil scientists, but it's it's kind of like it's they're all on an island, hanging yeah. out. <laughs> and then again, they're trying to out evil each other. So it's like a reality show. It's that really I can get really fun. really fun. And then yeah, and then you have like you know a few like what's the guy that the, the guy that made the metal men, whatever that doctor's name yeah, is, doc- trying, he, doc- trying to decide if he's evil or just crazy. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. So they what took it issue by issue or yeah, how did that work? It's, so it's fifty two issues, and it's um, just a standalone thought, yeah, series called Fifty Two, right? Yeah, and every issue tells maybe four parts of it. Like four different scenes from a. I, there's like twenty different plots going yeah, on at the same time. There's like like there's an actually Starfire is really well written in yeah, that as well. Yeah, Starfire is really Starfire good. Starfire is like trapped on an alien planet with Adam Strange and Animal, Animal Man. Animal Man, man, fuck, I love this. So comic. good. It's just, I don't know, yeah. I'm like yeah. the question. Oh my god, yeah, of course. And and so it's also great. where um R- Renee Montoya from Gotham, Gotham right? Central, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, she becomes the question. Yeah, and uh, she's still she's questioning New Fifty Two as well, isn't she? Uh, no, there's no question in New Fifty Two. Really, but they're bringing her back. Aren't I think they? they're bringing Probably, her back. Yeah. I think there's going to be a new I like the question. Yeah, I read some, a bunch of stuff with the question. She's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
there's just there's just so much greatness in that, and then, and there's a, a beautiful elong, elongated man, yeah, um, story Wait, in there as well. Beautiful elongated man. There's a character called Elongated Man. Oh, I thought, he, I yeah. thought it was a character called Beautiful Elongated <laughs> yeah, yeah. Man. I was like, whoa, why isn't that a movie yet? <laughs> I think um, I know the guy, Channing Tatum. <laughs> but yeah, that, I mean, I couldn't recommend that. That's yeah. probably, if you want, you know, especially if you're quite familiar with DC characters and you haven't read 52 already, you should absolutely read it. Yeah. Um, spinning out of 52, he then wrote a Booster Gold series, which is as fun as yeah. 52. Did was he create it? Booster Gold? No. no. He's, he's, a, he's an old, oh, yeah, and he used to be paired up with um, the Blue Beetle. Oh, yeah, right. Um, they, were, they were pals in the Justice League International. I love Justice League International. Yeah, That's a really good. Run. good really good fun run. superhero comics. Um, uh, and uh, his Booster Gold run is about, like, because he has access to the time stream, he has to go through these bigger moments in DC history and make sure they happen so that the future doesn't get fucked up. And so, like, he has to go back and make sure that Barbara Gordon gets shot by the Joker. Yeah, wow. And, like, stuff like that. It's, it's such a DC nerd title. I yeah, really, cool. I really like it. Poor Barbara. Poor, poor Babs. Um, <laughs> another event that he wrote, uh, which is probably not very good, and definitely, like, if, if you didn't think Brightest Day was bad enough, mm. this is definitely what seals the deals. Flashpoint, yeah. which is the last event before the New 52, which is when DC... Uh, basically wiped the slate clean and started all their comics from one. Was it because of waning sales, like the classic, like no sales, let's just... I think it was one of, like, I think some comics were selling really well, but others just needed to kick up the ass. However, and... did he write the Batman Flashpoint is what I have to ask. No, that was Brian yeah. Nazarello. And that's sick. That's really good. Really good. But Batman, Fla- Flashpoint so Flashpoint is, is about an alternate rela- reality where a, a few big DC events that Well, for like, example, Batman, and, like, yeah. so, what is it? Bruce Wayne gets shot, Thomas Wayne becomes Batman and Martha Wayne becomes the Joker. Yeah. Like it's like, yeah. And that's awesome. And they're like, I think the Penguin's a big character in it and stuff. And, and they had, like there's a casino. It's yeah. Great. yeah. Mm, it's awesome. Really good. Yeah. 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 The, pretty much every other Flashpoint um, tie-in was, was terrible. <laughs> so dumb. So dumb. And then um, in New 50s. Oh, there's, 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 there's an amazing Frankenstein story um, in that. Oh, I don't know if I read that. That's yeah, fun. Um, and then since the New 52 took over, I haven't read any of these. I've read the first six issues of, Ju- of Justice League and it was just like, yeah, just by nothing. the book, Justice League. Yeah. It's um, kind of weird because it was kind of set ahead of time than the other issue ones I remember. Yeah, like, I don't know why they overcomplicated that whole really... thing. There was like a five-year weird jump between yeah. some of the books. And, I was like, and then like Bruce in the comics had him met Superman and Superman had him met Bruce, but then in Justice League, they're all. it was kind of weird. Yeah. It's like, guys, you just wiped the slate clean. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Hmm. Um, and uh, as well as writing Justice League, he wrote Aquaman. He has a small run on Superman, and yeah, Forever Evil was the most recent event he did for DC. I didn't read any of those things. Did you? Uh, nope. I read. I, I read like one issue of the Superman one, but I really can't deal with John Romita Jr. these days. I love John Romita Jr.'s art. He's so slack these days. Yeah, but I like the slackness. Classic, yeah, ah, I don't the know. Art. Classic John Romita Jr. I'm super down with, but these days I just I like he just kind of looks so like much. a more professional James Kachalka now. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's yep. true. Um, I guess. Uh, if anyone has really, really enjoyed this, Siobhan and I will be spinning out into our own regular comics book podcast at some point. So you heard it here sure. first. So that's a Hey Fam exclusive. Has it got a name yet? <laughs> We've no idea what the fuck to call it. Maybe take only, a shot. <laughs> when you were like, what's something that you could put Hey Fam in? The only thing I could think of was a death in the fam. Oh, oh my God. God. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if that's really like... Yeah, I love it descriptive so and weird. That's so brand awareness. That's so good. <laughs> a death in the fam. All right, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I'm signing off on that. Awesome. That's great. Um, uh, <laughs> Siobhan, you're also... I mean, before we get to this, but... I'll, I'll, Jeff Johns, we know, we know he's capable of writing mm. good comics. Yeah. Do you think he's capable of writing a good Batman, Batman movie? I mean, I haven't actually, um, I haven't read his Batman comics. So oh, I don't shit. Know. I completely forgot. Yeah, what did yeah, he? Batman, Batman like, Earth One. 
yeah. which is a, uh, a more grounded Batman that exists concurrently to the regular DC universe, mm-hmm. um, in which Alfred is like a uh, retired veteran, yeah. uh, like a special... He's got a goatee. Yeah. yeah. He's and, a badass. Uh, and... Uh, it's just yeah, it's a bit more grounded and less like less of the kind of you know legacy Batman tropes that yeah. are, are, are there. Kind of shows like I remember I've read number one, I haven't read volume two yet, but kind of shows like a really really human Batman, like a lot of fuck ups and a lot of like learning the ropes and not so much this big brutish like. Dude. Yeah, it was it was interesting, and I remember who who draws it. Uh, I couldn't tell you. I remember the making a point of saying it's the first Batman comic where you see the skin around his eyes and you see his pupils mm-hmm. at all times. It's not this cool white thing. It's kind of like really want you like see his worried expressions and stuff. Yeah. And there's a lot of close ups of that. And I, th- I thought that's like a pretty cool, unique thing. Yeah, but do you think he can write a good Batman movie though? I I don't know. Like I. I don't know what he's like with the character. I will totally check out Earth 2 if you guys read it. But um, It's Earth 1. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Earth one. Has he written movies before? <laughs> no. Get your he... multiverse oh, facts sorry. correct or fuck off. Um, um, <laughs> he's, has he what, sorry? Has he written any film before? No, nothing. He wrote a couple of episodes of Smallville. Hey. Oh, there you go. Um, He wrote the Legion of Superheroes episode and the Justice Society episode. Right. Uh-huh. Both of which I watched because I watched all of Smallville. There you go. Um, <laughs> it's not good. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I mean, I have a lot of faith in Batfleck, so I think that I do too. he could do a, I believe I in could, He could do a good job, and I think Jeff Johns has enough like affection for the source material that it could be quite fun. I would just be worried if it turns into another like super grim dark. Do you? Who do you want to see as a villain? I mean, the thing is, we're getting kind of like villain fatigue because everyone's yeah. going for the easy hits. I mean, this is going to be the same issue with new Spider Man and stuff, I guess. Yeah. Would you like him just to do like something completely left of yeah, center? Yeah, like I'd really like to see like KG Beast or. Not really, um, but <laughs> I don't know. Like, um, figure out of that, guys. Jesus. Yeah, like, wait, wait, what's his superpower again? He can. Isn't he just like a big fucking communist, bro? Isn't that oh, his yeah, whole no. thing? Yeah. No, what's the what's the? What, I always get it mixed up with KG Beast. Yeah, who's the guy who can like fuse to? Kind of what which, which is the Batman? He's not necessarily a Batman bad guy. I've seen him read seen him in read him in Batman Brave and the Bold mm. comics from ages ago, but he can like fuse animals together. I have no idea who that is. Are they Russian? <laughs> that sounds really animals? good. Is that the KG bit? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't I can't remember what it was. I mean, there's, right. some classic, that thing. Yeah. there's some oh. classic Batman villains. There's some terrible Batman, yeah. Batman villains. Yeah, you know, right? like you could do a Clayface. You could do I don't know. I don't know why I started with Clayface. Yeah. <laughs> Such a weird one to start with. I don't know. Yeah, It'd be you cool could... to see like I don't know. Do a good job of Catwoman. Or Although Michelle Pfeiffer is fucking great. You didn't um, like Anne Hathies? No, no, I didn't. Yeah, I thought you were going to do a meow sound. Meow. <laughs> 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 yeah, good Catwoman would be great. But also, like, we've seen her a million times. Mm. I don't know. Like, I don't know who's left. Like, I mean, I wouldn't a good Mr. Freeze would be sick. A good Hugo Strange story could be fun. Hugo Strange would be awesome. Actually, he's cast in uh, Suicide Squad. Ike Ben... What, really? Yeah. What's Weird. his name? Ike Ben... Uh, uh, you know, DJ Blu-ray from Eastbound and Down. Classic oh, no way. Yeah, he's Hugo Strange. I don't know if it's... Weird. It's on IMDb. I mean... It could be a mad, mad prank. Ashton Kutcher, where are you? But I mean, I think it could be... I think he's playing it, like at least in a background role. Awesome. Cool. So it could be setting it up. My, uh, Mr. Freeze would be sick too. Yeah, yeah. Really yeah if they Mr. did Freeze. like proper like yeah, yeah. heartbreaking. Nora. Nora. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Nora. I mean, that could totally work. <laughs> Nora. That's Levin's is um, Mr. Freeze. It's from the animated series. Really good. We're going to be selling that as a ringtone soon, I guess. <laughs> it's like $4 a minute to dial up and try to buy it from us and... And yeah, then we'll, we'll, then we'll, do a, we'll do a crazy Nora remix. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Set to By Axel Flume. F. By your friend Flume. Um, yeah, my mate. Old mate. I think Flume. Australia's friend Flume. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. I, I, I think I'm excited that, that they've got 
a, a, a comics writer to actually yeah. write a comic book movie. And hopefully he doesn't fuck it up. Yeah, so, it's so not they don't do it that's, again. That's that's uh, that's pretty good. I mean, mm. like, take a break, man. Stop writing origin stories. Yeah. Um, any other comics that you want to talk about before we go, Siobhan? Should we talk about Artie? You're a big Artie fan. And I am a big Artie fan. That got relaunched very successfully. We, we, loved, we talked about it last week and yeah. we loved the new Mark Wade and Fiona Staples, Archie number one. Yeah, I don't think I could like like find any fault with it. Like I loved it. I thought it was so, so fun. Before um, it was coming out? I wasn't. Like, it's in good hands. Yeah. It'll be fun. I was like, I like Mark, like, I love Mark Wade. Love, love you, Mark. Staples. Like I don't think they could have come up with like a better team to do that. Mm. And I think they did a really great job. Um yeah, I'm really psyched by. I'm really psyched by the whole like revamping of the whole universe. I'm so excited for so um, cool. Chip Chip Zdarsky's uh, Jughead. Jughead. Chip Zdarsky is the artist on Sex Criminals, currently writing Howard the Duck, uh, a movie that sorry a comic that uh, Siobhan and I disagree on called Captara, yeah. which is like a space uh, Odyssey thing that he's writing at the moment. I think it's really right. great. He sold it as Gay Saga. And oh it was, it was right, not okay. Gay Saga. Right. Really? He actually pitched it as that? Yeah. In all sure? the interviews, he was like, no, nah, it's just gay saga. And I was like, sick. I'm on board. <laughs> and it's what? I don't know. I just find it a little bit too... Maybe I need to like persevere, but the first few issues, it was like super insincere and I didn't like the main character. Yeah, right. And it was a little bit too like, gag, 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 gag. Yeah, I kind of like how gag... I mean, he's, he's a great joke writer. He's a great so that's why joke I like writer. This, yeah. It, there's a um, uh, my friend really likes a, co- a comic called God Hates Astronauts, which I oh, find yeah. insufferable. Yeah. Um, but I I thought Captara was mu- a much more funny, naturally yeah. funny kind of space comic. When so that, you've is Jughead that. out? Jughead's out. Is it this month or next month? I don't know. I thought they all got weirdly delayed because they tried. But then to do this it. Archie number one just came out of nowhere. I was like, oh fuck, there it yeah, is. Yeah. You, you I, didn't even know it was out. Yeah, yeah, I know. I missed it totally. Um, but I think the Jughead and the other series that they're doing have been are going to be quite significantly delayed because right they just don't have a lot of money at the moment yeah right like Archie poor Archie poor old Archie but 75 really well. still uh making still broke still I love that they put like the um the first issue of Archie as well in the back yeah. I'm not sure if that was in the print copy but oh the yeah, yeah. Was in the print copy. yeah like so fun it was like, cool and just so different he to looks what so you weird. know yeah. It's like Dennis the Menace. I love it. I love the '40s Archie stuff. I have all these like big collections. So yeah, when, so in, in the '40s, when 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 Archie was invented, he looked like this like weird Dennis the Menace. Yeah, like scrappy like kind of character. Little, yeah, he was and, called America's Favorite Boyfriend. Oh wow! <laughs> and, and 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 they said, "Don't call him Archie. Call him Chick. Call him Chick. He, <laughs> he hates Archie. He hates being called Archie in those first comics. Just, just call him Chick. Call him Chick. <laughs> it's the tale as yeah, time. That's what you do. If, if, if a guy doesn't like his name, you call, call him, him Chick. Chick. It's yep. surefire success. Yeah, of course. Every guy secretly wants to be called Chick. Um, they got the psyche of males down pat in that first ish. But from from there, he quickly becomes the Archie that, like, was Don, Dan DiCarlo take over quite soon after the... Was no. it is he 60s or 70s? Yeah, Dan DiCarlo is like 60s. Um, he defined he, the, the, the Archie that you just... When you when you think of the character of Archie, he looks like what Dan Close your eyes, listener. Think of Archie. Think That's of those the one. freckles and red hair. Dan DiCarlo yeah. drew that picture in your head. Yeah. I just closed my eyes when I was... Yeah. And, and this is worked. the, the, the Stape, Fiona Staples version is the first like genuinely big revamp, revamp right. since, since, yeah. since those eras. I feel like everyone's just been trying to ape Dan DiCarlo since he did it. Like there have been great variations and like Harry Lucy, I think was a really great Archie artist, but in sort of the past 20 years, everyone's just been like, so can we just reprint Dan DiCarlo and then also draw like Dan DiCarlo and that's (laughs) all we do? Innovate, baby. I mean, the good thing about this character, and uh, um, I don't know, it's like you can tell they're them still without having to go, is that like it's the, the... Giveaway things are there. The freckles, the hat for Jughead. Like, yeah. He just looks like he has like Justin Bieberish good looks. It's pretty yep. awesome. It's great. Uh, Still loves being called Chick. 
Just can you read old Archie comics and and they still hold up? I know Dan DeCarlo stuff. Of, of, they're, they're like very gaggy, but they're yeah. fun. I mean, they're strips. Isn't I gag I hate eleven. <laughs> I love to gag. Oh, I think they I'm hold. I'm going to eat this microphone right now. <laughs> and then fight it out like Ant Man <laughs> in the uh, Wasp. It's going to fight out Ant Man in uh, number two. <laughs> You heard it's another one of Angus's perfect <laughs> predictions. Yeah, you got to hear her to hear first, folks. Opening scene. Um, but yeah, like I mean, I I still think Archie holds up, but it is definitely like jokes from the forties until you know. Hey, sometimes a good like, joke's a good like joke forever. Every joke is like, hey, women are actually smart. <laughs> exactly, exactly, and it's very like, yeah, everything's very like family friendly, and it's all pretty dated. But there's still like there's some really great classic cartooning in a lot of the old stuff and there's some genuinely really funny jokes like there's this whole thing that the current Archie comics don't do which is where like Jughead was Betty's sassy best friend as well as Archie's best friend and so every time Archie would blow her off to go for a date with Veronica Jughead would be like you don't let him treat you like that like what are you gonna go do and be like her sassy offside and it was so great and like yeah, there's a lot of, there's maybe a lot of really back. classic Maybe, maybe some stuff. cool classic uh, <laughs> tropes will find their way into the pages, like a little I've, nod sick, to the old time I've been, tr- been trying to reread um, old, uh, no, to read for the first time, um, Chris Claremont's classic X-Men run mm. from the early 80s. Is that what it is? It was like 80s, 90s. Yeah. Oh, he's right for like a little long Saga. time. Yes, I just finished Phoenix Saga and I'm, I'm, I'm now reading Days of Future Past. And the story is great. The characters are great. But the... Um, the exposition in every single frame is just makes it the most unenjoyable read. Like the like. Well, so this it, is happening for this reason and this reason. Well, no, reason. yeah, th- that. But also, like you know, the old way of writing comics is that you had to treat every every issue like it was somebody's first, first comic. Mm. So, like, not only do you have to explain to them how to a fucking comic works, you also have to explain <laughs> to them who every character is, what superpowers they are, what everyone's motivation is, and they don't just do it in like you know. This optional, yeah, exactly. Yeah. This optional panel that you can just read. But it's like you know, my name is Nightcrawler, and I'm flying over here, and uh, I can lucky I have my teleport powers, or else I would have been in a real pickle, like I was last issue when this happened. <laughs> oh, and I like... hope they don't come back. Oh my god, they came back. <laughs> uh oh, I hope they don't find out that I can't do this at the moment because oh, they found out. Now like I'm going to go page, back to my planet, which is really content, yeah. And you're like, but oh, that's it. Like yeah. I've just got backstory, and then yeah, repeat. and then so there's like in every in the 24 pages of each issue. There's maybe like, like I'm not like ten pages of actual yeah, plot right. progression. And that's mm. it's so frustrating. Hard to read if you're reading it in one hit for sh- like and like I love I'm an adult. I love <laughs> I I love reading comics on my iPad. I love just buying a huge run and then just plowing through it. Mm. Like I know that's probably not the way the, they were they were intended to be read, but I, it, there is something so especially I mean it's goes to being on being on a plane again. Like just being able to burn through. Mm. What took what some you know this it took someone seven years to put this together and I I read, I read it in an hour and a half yeah I read it between here and Singapore yeah like it's just like it's such a kind of it's cool it's, fu- it's such a fun way to pass the time and and when when you were like oh my god I need to take a break from sitting down looking yeah. at a page because I'm like exhausted from reading all this exposition yeah I feel like a lot of comic like superhero comics from around that time are really similar like the classic George Perez Marvel Wolfman Teen Titans run is like I loved it when I first read it and I'm having so much trouble trying to go back and reread it because it's so dense it's just the way and I bought were. it in yeah. stupid flipping omnibus edition and so they're also like weigh 10 kilos and I have to like lie down just to read them. I reckon it's omnibus exhausting. are the dumbest way to read Ugh, comics I'm so annoyed that I've bought so much stuff in omnibus <laughs> such think, a um, shit we're going to see now because I guess you know comic sales are super like not super high but higher than they've been in a long time many of those are digital sales do you think we're going to kind of see a reverse of that now where 
there's no continuity. There, sorry, there's continuity. But there's no exposition. It's kind of like people are just going to be reading these, and maybe the style, yeah, well, style no, of def- writing. No, definitely. Change. And that wasn't that. That's not a recent thing. That's been since uh, more people started reading um, comics bought as trades, yeah, like a graphic bookstore. novel or a trade. So you like don't a... like, yeah. So it's like you know, to to have all that exposition halfway through the book is interrupts the story mm-hmm. flow. So you don't have that anymore. People, yeah. I mean, it's it's a different kind of problem where you have. Uh, writers writing comics that don't make sense until the fifth issue mm. which i like kind of <laughs> yeah. but but uh you know they, they definitely write it for a trade like you know you, yeah. you, you know you know you, that's going to be a you have to be in there for the long haul exactly and yeah. yeah month by month i've had some problems sometimes reading comics that are like that because i'm like what the fuck happened in the last one again then i end up reading the first issue six times the second issue five times mm. like i have to read them before i read the whole lot and i'm like i should just wait for the trade sometimes like being early isn't always like you know yeah the best um, we've we've been talking for an hour and a half now, um, and also like you you are Jeff John's expert now, dear listener. <laughs> like I I knew barely nothing, and I've walked away thinking I could win a Jeff John's trivia at least come fourth. He's like, literally he's he's talking as he walks out of the room. Yeah, no, that's it. I'm entering. I'm get, there's one down the road. I I just started it then, but yeah. Um, and you've guys sold me on reading a couple of like big ass multiverse stories which i've always been kind of scared of so. i feel like i don't know I, I, now i i read so many marvel comics yeah. and, and it's it's a rarity for me to buy a new dc one but i definitely i don't know i, I love what just just before new 52 and and for the yeah. decade and a half before that like I, th- those are some of my favorite I'm, runs and favorite like solid yeah, gold for hits sure. i really like i get like, I never wanted to be that kind of nerd who's like, oh, I really miss the way it used to be. But anytime I pick up, like, an old DC comic, I'm like, fuck, I miss the pre-52 universe. Like, I really do. And it, But it's gotten you to can... the point where they are now, you know, writing. It seems to be like they're, they're writing, like, with the, with the way Batgirl's written now. And yeah. they've launched a few new series that seem to be totally in the, in the right tone that mm. I want from DC Comics. But the damage has been done. I don't give a shit. Yeah, for sure. I've read a couple of the Batgirl. It's super fun. Yeah, Batgirl is good. Yeah, okay. Batgirl's super good. Just some, there are some good DC Comics at the moment. Like, yeah. I'm enjoying a couple of different Oh, yeah, series. Move Around right Gotham is super fun. It's just, like, starting up from the ground up again. Mm. Yeah, it's, like, it's classic. Yeah, yeah, it's classic, like, that era of Babs, Batgirl that you dig. It's sick. All right, mm. well... uh you can uh, hear more from uh, Siobhan and I talking comics when we decide on what we're calling our podcast. <laughs> I think that was decided. Death of the Fam is pretty great. <laughs> Death of the Fam is awesome. It's just you might find some like murderers might start yeah. downloading your show by accident. They're like, what are these comic book dudes? If you, if, uh, if you can think of a better name that, uh, that we can incorporate the word fam into that has to do with comics... <laughs> Um, or reverse I, I, engineer shows for us by coming up with great titles and be like, now make a show out of that. That asshole. is a really good idea. Yeah. Uh, please post it on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash heyfampodcast. Same as can, our email. Yeah, you can email us, uh, which is heyfampodcast at gmail.com. Please, with any ideas or suggestions or uh, say hi. Whatever also, like. leave a review on iTunes. We're loving your entourage yeah, uh, the, episodes. The, the thing is, amazing. don't review our show. Review your dream episode of Entourage. And they've been amazing. My, oh my favorite was Johnny Drama Down Under. Oh, there was this the... is the first re- reference to Entourage this episode. This is like... The, I, had, yeah. I had someone saying if like we, they came close to like throwing their phone out the window <laughs> because we were talking about Entourage so much Can you name and shame? No, tell me off mic because I... No, yeah, but we're, 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 we're going to get her in and as a guest at some point soon. So I'm gonna, I'm I'll, I'll name and shame her while she's here. And present it to them on the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, Siobhan, have you got a, uh, a social media platform that you'd like to be contacted on? Absolutely to, not. No no, definitely not. No one come near me, please. Thank you. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> what have you got? Are you going to plug anything, Levins? Uh... Twitter.com slash levdog, L-E-V-D-A-W-G. Instagram. Come for the lols, stay for the holes, Facebook, it's all the same thing. Yeah. Um, um, how about you, Chimichangas? Just like if you see me in the street, just just give me a 
Just Give come me a up and rub my hand and keep walking and then I'll know you're a listener. Um, also, uh, I see the mic, the, the Magic Con, which is a Magic Mic convention I'm starting next week. Okay. And I haven't got any guests or big names yet, but it's going to be real grassroots, his first one. And it's going to be one of the ones that... Because you're rooting him on the grass. Well, no, they're going to be asking us <laughs> hey, to come. They're going to be like, by the end of Best joke of the episode. Well, yeah, no, I thought the eating microphone one had legs. <laughs> Yeah, uh, follow me on the internet. But yeah, re- leave your ridiculous dream pictures of Entourage. Like, I secretly check that every day. And when I see new ones, it's awesome. And competition's pretty, getting pretty good. There was talk of uh, Vince coming down under to shoot a Kangaroo Jack reboot, which I was like, that sounds like the dream season I want to watch. That is the biggest lie I've ever told, right? That sounds like a, 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 a Greenlight Boy pitch. Oh, wow. That's something else I want to plug. Yeah, my other uh, podcast called The Greenlight Boys, where me and my friend Scott uh, pitch shitty straight to... Used to be straight to DVD, straight to Blu-ray, now it's straight to streaming. Like the lowest of the low uh, movies for the lowest common denominators. And they're usually starring either Rob Schneider, Kevin James, or Kangaroo Jack himself. This week we did a... We kind of broke the mold and we did our first documentary, which is a kind of hard thing to pitch, but it was the true story behind Air Bud's death. Um, And it's... It got pretty heavy in parts, guys. So, yeah. Sounds like I'm crying already. (laughs) Um, That's just the wasp inside you. <laughs> thanks so much to Siobhan, Angus, it's and the wasp for joining us this week. Um, <laughs> She's in us all. Unfortunately, uh, Jane's addiction couldn't come in, but luckily, I'm just uh, calling Perry Farrell on Skype right now. And you're on, oh, you're of on course, speakerphones, Perry. Do your thing. Uh, yep, uh, they're, they're set up. They got some beautiful, shiny instruments. They're going to play us out. Thank you so much. And until next week, we've been Hey Fans. See you next week. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.